one. Hello, welcome to the Honest War Game. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by Dan. Uh, Dan Unsupervised, Dan from Canada, but he's from Australia. Dan, 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 Dan the man. Mm. And we're going to be talking about all the news in Age of Sigma this week. Nathan and James aren't here. Um, uh, they are, Nathan is a, a rope tie class, and then James is very busy. James, Dan, is currently gunning for a place, like a promotion at work. Uh, oh, so, so he's he's shilling hard for that promotion. I mean, working hard, working he, hard. Yeah, he's on he's on the job, head down, ass up, ready to rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please give me a promotion, and then using the phrase "head down, ass up" in the same <laughs> sentence, maybe maybe selling him what he does short. Uh, but he is a beautiful man, so I can understand how that would work. Like, have yeah. you seen that beard? It's fantastic. Now, there's loads of cool news. Uh, today's show, as I said, kind of off-air. Uh, we're going to be talking about new KO, um, which is really exciting. Um, there's also a couple of other big bits of news, which we're going to discuss as well. And then we're going to be going through uh, kind of like some tips and tricks and some thoughts about the new GHB. Uh, because they're, like, there's a bunch of stuff from the new GHB, a lot of thoughts mm. I've got. I've already run two events under this GHB, uh, so lots to think through there. Obviously, I've also done two stat centers based off this GHB, so I've already got a load of thoughts about armies that might do well, uh, how we feel about battle tactics, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and so you also ran a bunch of events leading into the end of the previous GHB, so it's not like you have sat there with a massive gap between... Pre previous GHB at 2022 GHB events and 2023 GHB events, you've rolled straight from one into the other. So, like, these are hot takes that are fresh and current. Uh, yes, yes, very, very. Uh, Dan is always a regular, but Dan sometimes has a very busy work schedule. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on for people who, who don't know. Uh, all right, so we're going to jump in straight with the hot news, Dan, which I know you're excited about. Mm. Uh, oh, let's get this. Is, this is steaming. This is piping hot. And this is there's a big win for both fans of Beards and fans of specificity. Oh, and yeah. Then, well, actually, I then, don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Like, it's a bit of a... We'll talk about it. Okay, Karadron. God, the hay isn't... The H is not silent. Karadron. Uh, uh, overlords. The Karadragragragans. Uh, um, the overlords. And, uh, and the, this is, the amount of people that I know that just call them the KO or the overlords, and that's fine. Yeah. I meet so many people in my day-to-day -day whose names I struggle to pronounce, including most members of the Twitch chat. So I just think that you know, shortening it, finding a safe little shorthand, perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, the Karadrons. Uh, also, it gives me an opportunity to shout out the Aethercast uh, podcast, uh, who are mm. a Karadron-only podcast. Uh, so very specific. So they'll be very Which is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a YouTube mm -hmm. channel. So Aethercast, A-E-T-H-E-R, uh, if you want to listen to. Like, they're legitimately like, hmm, let's talk about this KO list. Four and a half hours. Next show, same KO list, different artifact, four and a half more hours. Like, like I Which... actually believe there should be more, like, army-specific YouTube channels where they're like, just the one army only ever. The thing I like about that is that that really matches a dwarven energy. You know, like we live long, we take our time, we're really practical and pragmatic. I would have a problem if that was a a, a specific one about, say, gits or something like that. And it's like, no, short lives. They wouldn't spend. They gits wouldn't spend four hours doing anything. So to spend four hours talking about them seems like a waste. Also because they are a waste of a, a species. So, but dwarves obviously are very different. Uh, very different. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to take all those shots while Nathan isn't here because I know that even from there he could reach through the screen and, and strangle me. So I'm just going to throw those in while he's gone. 
Uh, now, most people won't know uh, this, but this is not something I currently have up on the screen available to do. Uh, but Nathan, uh, <laughs> very recently, uh, he gave. He either gave or sold, but I think he sold, but it could have been given, probably knowing Nathan it was given, a gobbapalooza uh, <laughs> to, to Dom, a uh, friend of the show Dom, uh, Trogboss Dom. And uh, he uh, and uh, Dom uh, received the uh, this package, and uh, and just to describe it, uh, he was like, "Okay, Nathan sent me a gobblepalooza. How safely uh, Troghammer? That's it. So at Troghammer. So if you want to go follow him, mm. um, how safely uh, was uh, it packaged? This delivery from Nathan. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, did you see the video, Dan? I did. I did. Did he pack it in? I'll let the video speak for itself. Um, I don't think the video's here. I've lost it, I think, for some reason. Or maybe he added it straight at Nathan. Mm. Uh, but either way, oh, thank you. There's the video in the chat. Uh, thanks to Scrivo. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah. So here, like, I'm not going to put the audio on. So for podcast Live listeners, uh, what is, what we're looking at is a very, very <laughs> beefy man. A very beefy man uh, is Dom. Like, he, he looks like, and he's holding a cardboard box that he looks like he could crack open just by bending it in half, given the size of both his forearms and biceps. Very good. Uh, so this is this is to showcase just how much Nathan believes in the precious gits and how uh, precious they are to him. So Dom is uh, ripping, open the car, ripping open the cardboard box, which... He, he, he doesn't have scissors. He has, like, hardcore electrical clippers, and they look like they've been blunted and rendered inoperable by trying to open this box. Yeah, and it turns out that Nathan has used two planks of wood and then surrounded <laughs> a box with uh, with expanding <laughs> foam, expanding foam. And, then, and then sealed it together like a kind of horrible sandwich in which... He's made, he's made insulated drywall, basically, <laughs> yeah. for transport. He's literally built... He's built like a stud wall and then put the gobbapalooza inside it and then has delivered it. Yeah, the sign of a great craftsman. I agree. Uh, so, uh, Dom, this is a two-minute video. It takes Tom Dom over two minutes to open the uh, the this. Uh, <laughs> this look at and it. like, and, and to be clear, this looks like a man who has no trouble opening salsa jars. No, he's a like, he's it, strong. He's the man you go to to get your salsa jar open when you can't get it open. Yeah, now he has, now he's currently ripping open expanding foam. Uh, but did it arrive safe? It arrived very safe. <laughs> the best thing, the most gets thing that Nathan could have done is then when he opens the box, it's just like an IOU for some <laughs> yeah, IOU, one IOU, one safely delivered Gobblepalooza. Uh, that would have been the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't need his face. Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, that's the fun Great. bit. Right, so back to Kahara John Overlord. So, mm, mm. so they've just announced today of all days, uh, a Monday, uh, that the day before Valentine's Day, uh, that Kahara John Overlords are being released. So I'll read through the article. Me and um, me and Dan can have a laugh with it. Uh, the Kahara John Overlords are hard-nosed Dwardin who zigzag the mortal realms of Grand Airship, searching for profit and plunder and Aethergold. In a time mm. of gods and monsters, these tenacious tycoons battle over the forge their own destiny. They'll soon be seeking new fortunes in the upcoming Battletone Carriage Run Overlord. So first first shout, Dan. First shout, chat. Mm -hmm. How do we feel about the front cover? I love it. I in, a, in an era where occasionally we see front covers that just use other the previous book's cover, I love this. I, I also really like that it gives a little bit of character to the Bubble Boys too. They're 
usually not the ones that you see on the front cover. They're they're just it's awesome. I think that you an army is defined by the interest in its troops rather than the interest in its heroes for me personally. Uh, and I think that this is awesome when they focus on that. Yeah, I agree. I think the front, I, th- I think the front cover art is really really excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like it's nice to see some new front cover art versus like recycled front cover art. Um, so yeah, like really, really, mm. really big fan of that. I think it's cool, and I agree with you on the Bubble Boys. Uh, and then we got a new miniature. So Terrigen Warfare is bound by the same sprawling constitution that governs every aspect of their society. A tangled knot of rules, contracts, and oaths sworn, known simply as the Terrigen Code. Uh, puzzled by this pyramid of precedents and provisions, you need uh, to call on a real specialist. So um, most uh, Dwarden of the Sky Sports. Uh, Skyport, sorry, can recite swaths of code verbatim, but few can navigate treacherous legal landscapes and scrupulously strict syntax as the code right. So the article mm. is written, code rights, the ultimate rules lawyer. There's been some great jokes online. There's been the look how many, uh, like, you know, this KO guy yeah. is off to play 40K with all those books on his back. Like a mm. classic gag. Uh, that's how many books you need. But I, I, what I really want is to, to I'm going to write in mine. See where his his finger is. Po- so for those who are listening to the podcast, he's got two books open in front of him, and he's pointing to one of the books. And I'm going to have on mine up there. Just give me a effing PDF. <laughs> uh, because think about like he's currently got what one, two, three, oh, four, shit. five, yeah, this six, is seven, pro eight. Book propaganda. He has. He has Currently, he's rocking a battle with a literally a bookshelf on his back. And I'm not saying that, you know, when people use literally wrong, he legitimately has a bookshelf modeled onto his back and he's rocking around with eight gigantic hardback books. And if he had an iPad and a PDF, no problem. You are so right. This is massive Games Workshop. This is the most propaganda I've ever seen. This is insane. They're literally mm. like, well, I mean, even in war, of course, he's going to carry eight books. What would it possibly be on? A digital yeah. like t- slate? No way. Wow. Not a chance. <laughs> Not I, a chance. But, but after, after saying that, after saying that, I fucking love this miniature. Okay. All right. I I liked I, it until I realized it was pro book cop propaganda. Now I'm out. <laughs> I I personally I love it. Okay, like um you look at a bunch of the releases we've seen recently where they redo a book and only add one model to it. Um like the more tribes that just got a hunter when they already admittedly an older resin hunter but they already had a hunter who I think looks better than the new sculpt. Um Skaven just got a new deathmaster when they had a resin deathmaster. Um I'm loving that this is a release with an entirely new model, entirely new position within gameplay and society, I'm assuming, like both lore and gameplay-wise, and bareheaded. I, I, I know some people are, are big KO stands and they want all their KO to be wearing helmets because it makes sense. However, I find that having exposed heads allows you to connect, for me, like storytelling-wise, more with the models, with the character of the model. I love a face. I love a dwarf with a beard. And this dude, looking at how many scars he has on the top of his bald dome, I reckon he is as loved as a rules lawyer is at a tournament where people just want to bash you around the fucking head for being so specific and pedantic. This dude's copped the same level of bash around the head when he's like, uh, I, um, actually, and then they're just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So brand new mini, uh, let me know, let us know what you all think of the new mini for me personally. 
liked it until I found it was Rules Lawyer. And then, and also, there's also something to be said about that as well. So, like, they say code rights are the ultimate rules lawyers. Rules lawyer, Dan, I don't know about you, mm. but rules lawyers as a term is generally a negative kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't want to say slur, that's a bit too heavy handed, but like it's like a negative statement that's normally made, oh, he's a bit of a rules lawyer, or he's a bit of a rules lawyer, which mm -hmm. generally doesn't be something, like it's one of those things that I forget exists, you know, mm. like, like I'll hear someone yeah. say it and I'll like, oh, yeah, some people think not knowing rules is somehow useful in a game mm. based on rules. Yeah. Like mm. it's like one of those. Yeah. Like I'm like, it's a bit of a slur. Like and so it's kind of odd to see them use it in an article. Right. It was like the ultimate. Yeah. Rule, like, the ultimate man who's read a book. However, what I will say about this bloke is that if the KO are known for for one thing in particular about the code, it's following their specific interpretation and discovery of loopholes. And so I both love that this guy is going to be the heart. He's going to be that, that gamer that everyone hates coming up to again in a tournament where they are an absolute rules, uh, efficient when it benefits them. And when they fucking bend and break like a yoga instructor, the second that those rules don't service them and they can find a loophole where they're like, oh, well, I think you'll find that the interaction between these rules is a bit different. This guy is a, like a prick, but I kind of love that. Yeah, like people who know the rules are legitimately quite important. Like legitimately mm. quite important. Like you need But this dude, this dude doesn't know them. He takes advantage of them. That's why I don't like... like emotionally why i don't like what i think he stands for however can you imagine if you went to a tournament because he's got two big loudspeakers over his shoulder he's got a couple of subwoofers going on there can you imagine if you went to a tournament and gave a microphone to like every person arguing about rules interactions at a table and it was just blasted out over just, the event it just doesn't happen though like it yeah. always never happens is an argument about rules interactions which mm. is why i was kind of like i looked at the title and i was like for fuck's sake writers because now it's going to be like, I'm going to say he's a rules lawyer. And I'm like, oh, you idiot. Uh, thank yeah. you to Brock Paints for resubscribing. And Chuckle Buddy, um, yeah, this is the TO or a table boss. Yes, yeah, that's it. On with a personal yeah. library of lofty texts. Now I know that this is pro-book propaganda. I hate this. These books, smart battle boffins, can unravel the ramifications <laughs> of seemingly innocuous addendums and errata. Also, you need to know the rules because Games Workshop's <laughs> games are normally really badly fucking written. So it's kind of like a self-own. They're like, they're like, oh, look at this guy who's a bit of a rules lawyer. You have to read through all the badly written rules and you need a <laughs> fucking guy who knows them. Like, I'm like, what fancy? Like, where are you stood? Where are your feet planted in this conversation? Because you're laughing at yourself, I think. I don't know. Which I, I, I admire if it is self-aware. Like, if you're going like, yeah, you know what, sometimes... So, this is... We we made this. We made this necessary. Yeah, we created this. This yeah. is us. Create. This is this is a perfect example of, like, DLC. This is create the problem, solve the solution, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, go for it. Like, that's the KO. If there's one... If there's one battle tome you can do that with, it's the KO. Yes, it's... Uh... This, the, there's two things you need to put in that book. One is release the PDF, and the second is watertight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it needs. All right, in battle, co-writers use their knowledge to find loopholes that increase everyone's shares. 
Uh, not a days go by that a code right doesn't search for a precedent to pipe up with, I think you'll find, allowing that. So I think you'll find. So again, I feel like they're trying to call out this idea that there's someone's like, I think you'll find that's <laughs> not how it works. But it's like if yeah. like someone's like, someone's like, oh yeah, so I'm just going to attack twice. You're like, no, I think you'll find that isn't how it works. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. you're an idiot who hasn't read the rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, can you, uh, I, if they're going with this, there needs to be another line. Can you show me where that is in the book? Like that needs to be another <laughs> special ability of his, because yeah. I for sure have you, I've I've for sure have had to use that multiple times at events where I'm like someone says something and I and I know their army, and so I'm like, oh, is that how that works? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I totally believe you. Can you just show me where it says that in the book? And then we we learn together that it doesn't work that way. That's what I want him to have a rule that says. Can you show me where that is in the book? And it's basically an admiral coming to him and being like, I really want to shoot that guy. He's like, you can't. You're like, show me where it says I can't shoot him in the book. And then he's like, uh... A conversation came up at the weekend, Dan, between Owen, mm. yeah, who plays mm -hmm. at lots of tournaments, and Matt Goldsborough, who plays at lots of tournaments. In fact, probably mm. two of the most prolific tournament goers in the world, next to, like, mm. Tom Guan and Gavin Greiger, yeah? So, like... And did they actually play the game, or did they just stand looking at each other opposite the table no, after no, they the had, tournament they had, and do, like, they, a chess game? No, they had a really exciting game. It was really thrilling. Yeah. But at one point, like, a rule came up, and, like, they were like, Rob, we legitimately need you to come over. And I was like, okay, this is what it reads. And I was like, mm. right, okay. The problem with this sentence is that they've either made the possessive the first the, the first thing in the sentence or the second thing in the mm. sentence. And they were like, you're right, that is the problem. And I'm like, but mm. they don't specify which of the possessives they're referencing <laughs> in the third sentence. And they're like, you're right, so can you please decide which of the possessives that they're, they're, they're choosing? And I'm like, well, they haven't specified, so I can't. Like, there isn't a mm. correct answer because, as you quite clearly, the reason you've come up to me is because there isn't a correct answer. So you need me to make a decision as mm. there is no answer. So I was like, just roll a fucking dice. And we all agree yeah. with like They were all like, none of it makes sense. And I was like, excellent. Handshake. We all handshook. Yeah. And they had to roll <laughs> a, a three way A three-way crossover handshake where everyone shakes each other's hands. You're like, great. We are, we are agreed. Yeah. Whereas in another situation, someone was like, hey, Rob, can I deploy into combat in a garrison? I went, fucking no. Don't be stupid. Like, like you can technically yeah, yeah. do it, but you can't do it here, right? Like, yeah. the, you know, some of them make sense. Anyway, um, uh, thanks, Elfros, for resubscribing. I think you'll find, apparently, uh, you can carry out the mm, following. The I mean, what? They haven't added an in addition rule, have they? They're not taking the piss out of themselves that far so much. No, but that would be great. That, that would, would be, be great. great. If if he had an ability called in addition that just adds an in addition to every other rule of the people around him, just gives them extra rules. Uh Right. Uh, with the peerless knowledge, with their peerless knowledge of the yeah. Caradron's grand constitution, code rights excel at finding loopholes that work to their advantage. This definitely sounds like a lot of top table 40k games that I've watched streamed from big events. Um, I reckon this is like this is like low low key. Like it's great. No, this is low-key a dig at players who know the rules. I think that they're I... legitimately pissed off that people know their rules so well. Because whenever Games Workshop players go to tournaments, they get bodied. They get absolutely <laughs> fucking dunked on, right? And they're like, they must that must happen to them. There was a famous, um, there was a famous 40k event like maybe three years ago where like the 40k team went over to Adepticon, and there was an article written. They were like, they were nice lads, but they actually had put uh, weapons wrong on their Tyranid units, 
Like, like <laughs> they're like, we, we, we let them know uh, because bless them. And you're like, well, like well, anyway, I don't know where they're yeah, going. It's, it, but I, I actually, I'm not going to lie. I love this. I think from a design point of view and from an everything, I think what this is, is, I don't see this as taking shots at people who know the game and are very confident and competent with it. I think this is a shot at people who uh, take that too far. Like the person that says, oh, you've used an ability that happens like after your movement phase, so you can't go back and move. And you're like, oh, well, I just, I did a couple of very practical things out of order. Do you mind if I take it back? And they're like, no. I don't know if they really exist, but I'm ready to, I I... I'm ready to like, like, I think they fringe yeah. exist. Versus... All right. So this rule, this yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, uh, you can carry out the following heroic action with this unit instead of any other heroic action you can carry out with it. Search for precedent. Roll a dice. On a one, nothing happens. Just like someone looking through a book, for, searching for a rule that they remember existing two editions ago. On a two to three, you can pick a new footnote to apply to your army until the end of the battle. That's pretty cool. Uh, on a four plus, you can pick a new footnote and or a new amendment to apply to your army until the end of the battle. You cannot pick a footnote or an amendment previously picked for your army. The new footnote or amendment replaces your current one. That's actually pretty rad for a KO army gives them a lot of flexibility um and the other thing that i like if if uh the the code works the same way as it does currently um the other thing that i really like about that is that this dude is unless he's unique is going to be a galley vet meaning that he can potentially do this and another heroic action uh yeah if he goes second in a battle round but only for this like ghb battle pack yes agreed mm. Uh, you cannot pick a footnote or a moment previously picked for your army. Okay, so nice. You've got some ability to change stuff around, um, which mm. is fun. Uh, like, And then it goes on to describe some uh, some more bits as well. The Vexatious Pedantry allows code rights to unlock the Vexatious Pedantry. They are so <laughs> Allow Allows code rights to unlock new tactics on the fly, swapping out bonuses to each courage and overlord's army, but it's interpretation of the code. Like, Dan, they legitimately, like, last year had to be like, hey, by the way, we're sorry about what we wrote in this book. Like the last like KO <laughs> book, which is for 40k, they were like, "We're sorry, we didn't think you would use these rules the way we wrote them. We apologize." Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. We we wrote a book. We put a bunch of rules in it, and uh, we actually didn't think anyone was going to play it. So how <laughs> bad? Um... How bad? But also, you are vexatious pedants. Uh, right. Uh, a fleet that adheres <laughs> to the footnotes. There's no reward without risk. Can attempt an 18-inch charge once per battle particularly helpful for ramming actions with a frigate okay fun um, great for the ko well known for their combat prowess well that's actually was... what I, that's like what i was going to talk about yeah with mm. a, like we should probably we're going to talk at the end of this about like where ko currently sit and again aethercast mm -hmm. podcast is much <laughs> the deepest deep dive mm -hmm. you can have on that uh with the code right to hand you can swap out the expired footnote uh with or without ships we are not allowing you to grant one sky vessel to uh uh, one sky vessel, two commands in a single phase, once per battle. Ever wanted your ironclad to launch an all-out attack and an all-out defense at the same time? Or perhaps you prefer the new iron sky command abilities? Well, let's find out what they are. Uh, mm. Once per battle, in your charge phase, you can attempt to charge with one friendly carriage and overlord unit within 18 inches of an enemy unit. If you do so, roll 3d6 instead of 2d6. And then there's another one. Once per battle, at the start of your phase, any phase, any phase, pick one friendly sky vessel. That unit can receive up to two commands in that phase instead of one. Once per battle. Mm. Uh, generally, not that common once per battle mm. abilities. But we'll see. We'll see. To fully understand the ins and outs, 
wait until we've released it plus the FAQ that we're inevitably going to have to release because yeah. apparently uh, we're also pedants because we do FAQs. Where do they sit in this article? I'm still confused. It's 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 a blind. It is a blinder. Um, but honestly, I'm. It kind of makes me excited. The one there was a very brief, beautiful moment in the sun where KO combat lists were were rocking around. Um, boats with bubble boys, and I think it was uh, uh, Brock to get the charge bonus and whatnot. Uh, but largely, KO are a distance shooting army, and I'm really keen to see them get a bit more, a bit more flexibility and a bit more interest in that because I just I find that uh, an only shooting army plays around a game that is shoot you off objectives, move on to them after they're clear, and it's just not as interesting for me. Yeah, so yeah, so some context for where we've what we've seen with Carrion Overlords over the past couple of years is their book came out. Their book is like their book's a bit of a mess, if I'm honest. Mm. There's like a there's a lot of overlapping rules and a lot of rules that needed clearing up, and that I still don't think have been cleared up. Um, oh. Like in some cases, and again, the other guys are no. Uh, but with the launch of Age of Sigmar three, but specifically the Endless Spells, no, sorry, the last GHB, no the ghb before with the launch of the new end of spells dan uh, mm. and specifically the la purple sun l purple Suno. um and you oh, put him in a in a bottle in a bottle yeah they do have an artifact where you can put a spell in a bottle and this at various points have been whatever the fuck was broken so like mm. like every time like literally carriage and overlords players like just as soon as they're like they're like new piece of chaos but they're like <laughs> I hope that in the spell that they've got is fucking broken. Yeah, yeah. Like every time, each new book is a new opportunity for a new spell in a bottle to get thrown like, at Skaven's people. Skaven's getting updated and everyone's like, the all the KO players aren't looking at anything except the Warp Lightning Vortex. They're like, hey, how's that freaking tri-point endless spell that does tons of damage? How's that looking? Yeah, yeah. What about the Rune of Petrification that goes off twice? Let's go. Mm. Uh, but we did see with the launch of, uh, yeah, the... <sighs> the last set of kind of like generic endless spells we saw specifically the purple sun be mega effective uh, mm. because with save stacking going into age of sigma three wholesale uh, you had the plus one saves being added uh, like you had mystic shield mm. uh, which was a new introduction to plus one save and you also had um well, it was kind of like a reintroduction for that doesn't matter uh, and then you also had all out defense so you mm. had uh, an army that was relatively mainly rend one as an army uh, effectively go down to like rend zero and their opponent yeah. get plus one to save. So they were mm. like, fuck, this sucks. So then mm. they released the Purple Sun and not only were they like, let's stick this thing in a bottle and throw it in like a hand grenade, which was great fun for yeah. them. They're also like, oh, plus one rend to everything within six inches uh, or minus Ooh. one to save. So then bang, bang, bang. So I was about to say, no one... I no one when I say no one I mean very few people saw that and went this is my opportunity to make a KO combat list because they were like I don't want to be near the sun I want to throw the sun in there and then GTFO and take it out from a distance. Yeah, I agree. Like it, it, it's it's very funny. And then you've talked about the key weakness of Carriage and Overlords is that they're a gun army. And this has been a massive problem when they've done it too well. This is the third KO book that we're going to mm. get. So when they've done that too well, it was devastating and mm. really, really powerful. And you would, like, the game is always in an okay place if KO are just in the middle of the pack. You're like, yeah. Because, like, and, and, and hats off to them. Uh, like, the KO book is currently, like, I, I don't think it's by design. I think they're like, KO seem fine, so let's not. You, you know, when you do something and it just, like, 
you put something together and it all just works and you're like, stop touching it. Just leave it. I don't know how, but it is working. Which, like, for me, it was the door to my very first car. I, For some reason, the handle wouldn't open from the inside. I jimmied around in it. Something clicked and it started working. And I was like, we don't ask questions. We just accept that I can get in and out of my car from the driver's side door as opposed to having to jump over the passenger seat. Uh, and that's that's pretty much them, I think, with the KO book. That's what uh, we're at with KO. It's just like... I think... But I will say, I think KO are, would be a notoriously hard book to do that with. Because unlike, say, every army has its its gimmicks, its keys, and everything like that. But KO in particular are tied around distance, maneuverability, boats, garrison. And they are a very heavy shooting in their style and in their lore. So I think that they would be harder to balance if you were like writing a book or creating a book compared to say something like blades of corn where you go okay they don't have shooting they don't have magic we need to buff their combat around them and base their book around that this is the the how we'll approach it ko would be a lot more intricate to try and do that with yeah you're absolutely right like like so that so currently like well the the way ko generally fail a lot is just getting double turned uh, because they, they mm. really struggle to hold the primary. So holding objectives is an issue. They don't have combat mm. units and they don't have objective holding units. So like Dan mm. says, they kind of play they kind of play some sort of like runaway game where they're like, okay, I'm gonna play a skirmish game on a forty four by sixty inch board. So a smaller board than we're used to, yeah, while there's fucking like there's fucking goblins running like 41 inches and then yeah uh, and then uh elves with arrows shooting another 41 inches like it's not really like they're like oh yeah i can keep you at a distance like there is no distance that's safe you're you're in a massive flying airship and yet some orcs on pigs move faster than you yeah yeah like just it's a it's not a it's not a fair comparison yeah, so they, yeah, they have some problems as an army. So this is the one that I'm a little bit nervous about. Not because I think the IP is fantastic. I think I absolutely love it. Mm. Love the boats. Think they're great. I'd like to see Arkanauts be very strong for just holding objectives. Potentially not even going in boats. I know that's not mm. really their fluff though. So they probably will just go in boats. But I would quite like mm. to see them have like a pretty incredible armor save and just be like, do you know what? They're really good at just standing there. Like, and then like the boats fly around the rest of the side. Mm. I'm really worried after the beast of chaos book where you can do a lot of stuff off board that you're going to be able to keep like an ironclad off board and just shoot <laughs> all of its <laughs> guns <laughs> off board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, uh, danger. So I'm a little bit nervous because I think it's either going to be busted or broke. Um, uh, but I don't know. Like, but mm. you know, obviously hoping hoping for normal and i feel like the way that they can do that well is to really really increase their ability to hold objectives and just have mm. some boots on the ground yeah otherwise I, I think, you know you have to increase the efficacy of the shooting and then that's a bad time i i think that they either need some i don't mind them not having durability but when you take that out of an army that has such good shooting you leave it no no ability to play on the board and to interact with your and like my two favorite phases are the movement phase and the charge phase they're the only two phases that you control uh and that your opponent you know they can re redeploy and whatnot but it's your element and that's where the game is won and lost is movement and charge not combat the charge phase um in my opinion and i find that they don't the movement phase is 
mostly them jumping in and out of ships and flying high in their ships and redeploy and like popping up teleporting over the other side of the board uh and in they don't really play too much in the charge phase the only times they do are if you see that one in a million list that super buffs up some engine riggers and they only go into a combat they can absolutely win like they never push into a combat to push and hold or to tie up an objective they never do any of the things that are fundamental elements of the game for almost every other army out there yeah yeah and and they also don't engage in the magic phase as well right um mm. and so you like they they don't they don't engage in a lot of phases so it's a very polarized army and then mm. therefore it's got a real opportunity to be and it would be fun to find like a middle ground so we'll see anyway yeah out soon um, we can dream yeah we can dream uh very exciting uh but also nerve-wracking because that is like mm. there's there's a lot of people like you know if you're like ko yeah it's, it's just it's a good time when ko aren't always there shooting all of your characters mm. to death very early uh right okay yeah. then the other bit of news uh there's two more bits of news before we get on with the, mm -hmm. the show is uh that there's a new magazine and i wouldn't really normally bring up kind of like purchasing stuff and buying stuff uh but these um these warhammer well, are stormbringer mm. uh but this is like a, a magazine a part works magazine where effectively mm. you sign up um and you get a magazine that you're never going to read or use uh, but you do get crazy crazy discounts i don't think it's in the u.s but it's mm. definitely in the uk but you get crazy discounts on mm. um the miniatures like i think one of them is like gut rippers 10 gut rippers and i think it's like five or six quid for the magazine mm. and the 10 gut rippers and you're like i saw a, i saw a on? breakdown and magazine by magazine you have some that are better value than others but on the whole the value is incredible yes yes uh the value is crazy and that's the only reason i'm mentioning it because you know a lot of people always say like oh i'd like to get into warhammer or my friends would like to get into warhammer this mm. is absolutely probably the cheapest way to ever get into warhammer especially buying multiples normally local stores will let you like order in multiple copies um so if you did want for instance like uh, i'm looking at one issue that's uh that's got rippers if you did want 60 mm. got rippers because for some reason you just want to get murdered all the time uh <laughs> then uh <laughs> You want to be that one person that has them. It's fine. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, but there's like a whole bunch of other stuff as well. There's like Praetors. And there is probably some stuff in the magazine, which is probably fun. I Again, I have never picked it up. So, um, but Dan, like the one bit I wanted to talk about, this is kind of like, hmm. um, is... So these Stormbringer magazines cost like, I, don't, I think they cost like seven or eight pounds, maybe like, I, I don't know what they cost, right? But Games Workshop have just announced that they're doing a 6% increase in cost. Now, again, mm. I'm not really like a price guy. I don't really like to get into it too much because I'm like, give a fuck. Um, mm. But like, it's wild to me that they're like, listen, if you buy games, if you buy boxes from us, they've got to go up 6%. They just got to. There's no way we can produce these at a reasonable mm. markup. And you're like, okay, but... <laughs> if you if you buy it from a third-party magazine subscription company they're not producing the miniatures we're producing the miniatures for them but because they're in a magazine not a box 40 percent cheaper yeah like how no like like it's like is it 40 percent? i think it's like i it's i like think 70 percent cheaper i think if you were to look at the whole collection I think it sits at about 50, around the 50 to 40, 50, 60% mark, I think. Oh, I was looking you, at a breakdown you, what, of you, it. If you get like the whole magazine range. I'm, I'm considering the whole, if you look at the whole thing. So you get two massive armies or whatever. Um, 
But I, so what I will say is I actually have a little bit of insight into this because while I was in Australia over Christmas, uh, the the spectacular human uh, who does actually watch and listen to the show back, he's just on Australian time, Vinny, uh, has the previous edition of the, the Partworks magazine from when it was released in Australia. So I got to check it out and flip through it. It was actually pretty cool. Like, oh, it was okay. interesting, even as somebody who plays the game, it was interesting to flick through it, have a... I definitely went through about five or six... If I'd have had more time, I probably would have gone through a chunk of it, but I went through about five or six of them. So, uh, admittedly, Vinny suffers from the same weakness that we all do, which is a relentless amount of Warhammer and only two hands, two feet, and one mind with which to paint and create it. Um, but... So he's got this beautiful collection and a beautiful uh, pile of glory there to work through. Uh, but no, it's a good good magazine. Honestly, worth a, worth a bit of a read. Some interesting stuff, some good bits and pieces. And if you're any way interested in it, I'd give it a look. All right, okay, yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'd point that out. It's cheap. That's what I've got to say. It's cheap, and you can pick up a load yep. of minis for cheap. And it's... people love hearing about that. And some people don't hear about it, so I thought I'd mention it. And honestly... You know, like we say, prices are going up because it's much harder, obviously, to produce and box Warhammer to sell in stores than it is to produce Warhammer, give it to somebody else to bundle in a magazine and then ship to you. So, tough, you know, it's just tough. Yeah, it's maybe Games Workshop should Maybe Games Workshop should be a magazine company. Yeah, maybe they should be a magazine company. In 2023, they should be like, that's where they should pivot to. Print Books. media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Print media. Wait, if only there was some sort of... If only there was some sort of miniature that, that reflected their values as a company, which they showcased <laughs> recently. I can't imagine what it is, Dad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I The best thing is you absolutely know people are going to take that model and just put some utter filth on those pages. You know, like he's pointing, he's pretending he's reading this big book, but it's just he's got a, a Playboy or something. In they're just going to write Wahapedia on it, on the page. Yeah, true. It, yeah. yeah. Um, it also contains out-of-production Warcry and Underworld's Warbands. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's pretty nice. Anyway, so that's, I mean, that's enough like advertising for a company, I guess. But, yeah. but it was more a public service announcement, a PSA. Is that what they're called? Mm. Right. So you know, this is a PSA as well. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone who likes terrain. Um, I've been asked three times in the past two weeks about uh, printing terrain for different clubs around the UK. And it is something I, uh, am all around the world, it is something I'm willing to do. I do have a load of printers. Um, obviously, you have to fucking pay me. Uh, but, like, uh, <laughs> I, like, I really enjoy make, the, making the trains I have here at the TSN Arena. And lots and lots of people have got in touch with me about printing terrain for them. But if you are someone who prints your own terrain already, uh, there is a fantastic Kickstarter by uh, Gary from Dark Fantastic mm. Mills. Um, so you just look up Dark Fantastic Mills online um, and uh, there's a bunch of great stuff. And one of the elements that I really like about this is so, OK, here's a good example. There's a, this great Chaos Citadel, yeah, which is mm. absolutely fucking useless in a game of Age of Sigmar, but probably really great in a game of like Warcry or Mordheim. Yeah. Mm. So like sometimes when you see these Kickstarters and Dan, I've looked at a lot of these now over the past mm. few years, you're like, not that interested uh, because they haven't really thought it through, or it's very generic. Um, mm. But a, it's a chaos citadel, which is quite rare. You normally, mm. it's normally just a town. Oh, yeah. Do you want to come to me town? It's one of those every time. Oh, I've done mm. a Kickstarter for a town. Like, okay, mate. Yeah, I know. There's like yeah. 900 on them online. So it's a chaos citadel, which is great mm. uh, and quite rare. You don't normally see that, but 
the bit that's exciting for me is this bit is when you yeah. break, is when you break the walls up you end up with some line of sight blocking chaos terrain which is actually mm. really really cool so i'm a huge fan of that and i've picked this up myself so i just thought mm. i'd let people know um uh because uh, and also way way back when we first started doing because obviously i've been in the age of sigma scene since the age of sigma scene started and uh, dark fantastic mills for a long time has been one of them kind of like early adopters mm. and early pushers um mm. he like donated a lot of terrain to some early live streams and of awards like big events. as well awards was also one of those things like a lot of people in the uh age sigma scene at least in england because uh gary's scottish mm. um but i know in scotland as well he's like um so it's just it, he's just generally a member of us the age sigma community making something very functional for us and mm. there's a way for you to get something really really useful uh, so if you want to go check that out, I'd go check it out. And the, the only thing I, I just want to add in there, the reason that we're – because some people might not know why we're saying the broken down version of the, the walls and the scatter area element is so good is that oftentimes in especially tournament play but also table play, um, like friendly games as well, the thing that you struggle to have is line of sight blocking terrain that isn't impassable, if that makes sense. Like the, what I love about these is that they're multi-level, they're fully line of sight blocking, but you could still have models in cover on that upper level. Yeah, as that's well, actually, that's actually quite nice. Sight. Like, and I like usually what you find is terrain comes in two types: line of sight blocking that's impassable, so models can't really go in it unless uh, go on it, or open terrain like woods and stuff that people can can see in and out of and shoot in and out of this lets you have both you get to block line of sight stuff behind without completely shutting off a chunk of the table from use i i just think it's it's clever design and it's really good and that's why i'm saying that, that it's it's awesome it's great yeah i do that a lot like all, mm. all of my terrain is like mdf based so it's like mm. you're either standing on it or you don't like those are your two mm. kind of like conclusions. So this is a kind of a nice medium ground, mm. which I hadn't thought about. Anyway, if you want to go check it out, I'll include the link in the show notes for everyone at home. Anyway, mm. right. Okay. So I think that's all of the news for now. But Dan, uh, mm. we're, we're a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks into the new GHB. And I'm already mm. off the back of having run two events and having done mm. two, uh, two, um, uh, oh god, stat centers. Where I've kind of so. Like, would you say you're still in the honeymoon period, or have you settled into the relationship? What? So there's a lot of like when you read the read the battle, read the GHB, mm. um, and then there's a couple of like like so you get you have some thoughts and then you start testing them, and then obviously I run events and people come out and test their ideas as well, and then I've been talking to the players and I've been getting a lot of feedback and obviously I do the shows during the week and other stuff. Mm. Um, and speaking to other TOs. So there's, I've got a lot of thoughts in my head about... Um, uh, super just hear your in-depth thoughts. The Goosefake Gets Review. Uh, that's going to be couple of the next couple of weeks uh, is what that'll be. Um, oh yeah, I've got quite a few thoughts, actually. And so my mind's changed on some stuff, which I think is... Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll, fi we'll, we'll find out about it. And we'll find out what everyone thinks. So my mind's changed on some stuff. Some stuff has been very surprising. And then I've got some still still live thoughts because you never you never fully i i don't fully ever decide it's an, uh, my best guess is like i currently have a my best guess is battle regiment is probably not as good as you think is mm. like a is like a wild statement to discuss so i thought we could talk about it dan or, or you could quiz me on some mm. stuff and i know you had some yeah. thoughts as well so if anyone's got yep. any thoughts about 
where I think the and obviously we're talking about competitive Age of Sigma, but also maybe just your casual games of Age of Sigma because I think there's some interesting conversations there. Um, so go on. So uh, okay, well, where would you like to start? Do you have a, a vibe on where you want to? Because I I had a thought, but uh, over to you. There's you an elephant that? in the room uh, mm-hmm. in battle tactics. Uh, I think there's an elephant mm-hmm. in the room. So like so at my events, I haven't put um, uh, battle tactics in uh, no battle tactics or grand strategies from the books. Uh, and now and then I've run an event where it was all of the Galician champion missions, and then it mm-hmm. was an event where it was some. Uh, Galician champion missions, and then oh, thanks to Eight Arm Slappers saying this is their favorite stream. Thank you very much, love you, it's appreciated. Uh, yeah, some Galician champion missions, and then the one I've just run uh, was was only like half of them were, but obviously it's hard to do half when it's. I think it was like mm. three non and two were. Um, uh, but you weren't allowed to use book tactics, and you weren't allowed to use book grand strategies. And I would say that that was probably so restrictive in mm. people's ability to play that I'm probably mm. going to do away with it, but I'm wildly unhappy about it. Well, there are, there. admittedly, there are some armies that just not have, like like uh, Sons of Bermot, that without access to their book stuff, I think do struggle to, because they aren't, they don't have that many options. Uh, yeah, so there, yes, uh, you're absolutely right. There are some, Okay, so let's let's break it down if you if you fancy. Okay, so uh, if you look if you play without book tactics and grand strategies, there are eight battle tactics in the GHB that you can do. Mm. Yeah, when you're playing under that battle tack, there uh, battle tack uh, battle pack. Sorry, uh, there are eight, and four of them are for the Galician champs, and four of them are for not. So all, mm-hmm. immediately, if you don't bring a Galician champion in your army list, uh, so guardians. Yep. I was playing all dragons recently. Yeah. Um, so I had no Galician champions, and then uh, uh, Chucklebutty, uh, who won coolest army with his Trog army, had mm. no Galician champions, and he was like, "Oh, I can't do any battle tactics." And I think I was playing mm. with Adam as well, who maybe had no Galician champions as well. So he's like, "Turn one, I can't do any uh, battle tactics," and this already piles into something that we're seeing m- very commonly in the stat center, and that's Tunnel Master Dan. So Tunnel yeah. Master is a um, a unique upgrade that you can get for a Galician champion, and what this allows mm. you to do is take teleport that Galician champion. And here's where here's my first hot tip. Here's my first mm-hmm. hot tip. The rule for Tunnel Master is oh, I probably should bring it up, Dan. I probably should bring it up. Uh, but to let you know, there was a recent event uh, over in the Netherlands with like sixty people, and like eighty percent of the Galician champions because you get Again, I should be clear, you get a free upgrade or free enhancement for a Galician champion. And you get to pick mm-hmm. out of three, or is it four? One of the two. One of the two. Three four. Uh, four. Four. I think it's four. Think? So Tunnel yeah. Master is the one that you see a lot, unless you're playing Fire Slayers, in which case they're always going to take mm-hmm. Leadership of the Alpha, because they're going to want three, yep. four plus rallies. So, oh, um, yeah. Oh, every time, baby. Every time. If, if, you have, if you have a four plus or a five plus rally, you're taking leadership of the alpha. Yeah. Like, like if, if it's just a no-brainer. Um, uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. So let me read it because there's actually some spice here. Once per battle, this Galician champion can issue... Oh, no, sorry. Wrong one. Uh, Tunnel Master. Once per battle, instead of picking this Galician champion to make a normal move. Now, that's actually massive, Dan. 
because mm. there are some no- moves, for instance, when you do Mighty Destroyers, which is when you use Mighty Destroyers, you pick them to make a normal move. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's what you do, but in the hero phase. So that There means... are a lot of abilities with that specific wording. Yes, you make a normal move, right? Mm. So normally you're talking about normal moves in the movement phase. So mm-hmm. there's some real spice here so that you use normal moves. If, you can, if you've got something in your book, go find your battle tome and go find something that allows someone to do a normal move somewhere else other than then you could do the teleport. Mm. And then you do the teleport, you can still move in the movement phase, Dan. Yeah. Right? Uh, which is pretty it's... spicy. Yeah. It, it. If you have, even even if it's like make a D6 inch normal move, then you've got a teleport, a move, a charge. I think they will probably FAQ it somewhere, but uh, I mean, you're normally moment... just moving... Like a little in the movement you, phase. Like you're, yeah. You're, no, I'm. Yeah, and you're just moving some little dude, right? Mm. But like, there's some spice there, and I've already seen some people using some real good little units to do some real spicy little things. Mm. So that's really fun. Um, yep. But Tunnel Master is going to have a massive impact, and that, and the reason that has a massive impact is because of the battle tactic that you can use uh which is uh i was cunning maneuver now it used to Mm. be in the last ghb you couldn't like you would always just say hey it's turn one i don't want to go out too far so i'm just going to do uh against the odds which is where you just hold an objective right but cunning maneuver is you pick a friendly galician champion and you pick a objective outside your wholly outside your territory and if Mm. you control it with a champion so it's like your turn one tactic if there are yeah. no, other, no others available, right? Especially, especially with the amount most most battle plans that have enough objectives, you'll be able to do that teleport and potentially screen, be behind cover, like out of line of sight. Like there, I think there'll be a number of options where you can keep them safe. Yes, but it doesn't even matter if you keep them safe. We kind of talked about mm. this on. Maybe last yeah, week, yeah. but one of the key tricks you can do, obviously, is like teleport the dude onto the objective. They die, they get murdered, mm. and then you're like, cool, now I've got eye for an eye. So you can yeah, always true. set yourself up for a second battle tactic in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but let's go back to battle tactics. So, yeah, um, I think we're, you're going to see that all of the time, unless you've got a reason not to take it, because it just opens mm. up a turn one battle tactic. And this is yeah. the problem, Dan. This is the problem, is if you don't allow book tactics in, yeah, then mm. what is their first turn battle tactic going to be? Yeah, true. Right? So then they're like, okay, this one's mine. Kill a unit with a general. Not necessarily super easy, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's one. Desecrate their lands, maybe. Run and go grab one of their bits of terrain, maybe. Mm. You can't do an eye for an eye on the first turn. Um, yeah. So that's really difficult as well. And then all the other ones. This one, this one's mine. Yeah, with your general. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, So there's some uh, there's some really interesting stuff with that. But my my the reason. So I, I I kind of admit that the game is a little bit too restrictive from an uh, for you made mm. the game more restrictive from an army build perspective when you don't allow book tactics, mm. but. So I, in my tournaments in the future, I'm going to allow book tactics and grand strategies. Yeah. But they're so fucking wank, Dan. Like, mm. it's like, it's just kind of like, it's not that it's like the best option. It's just the less mm. shitty option. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I, I, I know. I, 
it hurts me that almost all of the armies I play have very like hard to achieve battle tactics. Like uh, the the Ogre Moor Tribes book for me is a really good example. I actually like the battle tactics in there because they're hard. They're not easy, they, you know. Like a lot. Of, then you see other books like, and I I know that they they're really fun to slap around uh, because they are often the the easy target. But like Daughters of Cain have some stupidly easy battle tactics that require very little interaction you know from your opponent to try and shut down so like, we talk, so we talked about this today actually yeah. we talked about mm. we talked about if you play if you have like a tunnel master in a daughter's cane army you can effectively mm. do four battle tactics um we talked about this on the stat center show uh, you can do mm. four battle tactics where you don't ever engage with your opponent you don't fire a shot you don't you don't mm. touch it you don't yeah. touch another unit right and you've achieved yeah. four battle tactics and it just feels like that so counterproductive it's very 40k it's what 40k does and i really dislike that i think it's really negative um so but that said i i think i have to readily admit that having non-book and then some of the grand strategies like with zinch it's like just have a destiny dice like Mm. it's not just have a destiny dice but like it's just with fire says it's just like um you know just put these out there and the thing is uh sorry just mm. have a, a an endless convocation out there the problem mm. is is it really obfuscates where the strength of an army is mm. and also why people are winning yeah which is like a real bonus to g-dubs because they're like well look like everyone's kind of doing okay like well no that guy, that uh, that army's doing well because they literally can get three points from just rolling a two up like yeah. that's that's pretty shit like and I'm a little mm. bit I'm a little bit like t- I was re- had a great weekend ran a great event had a lovely time everyone was lovely and I've walked away from that being like I guess I'm just going to allow them all to be in is kind of my mm. conclusion from two events gone yeah but it's pretty shit yeah and that's I... a lame feeling it's a lame feeling I won't lie no I know what you, I know what you mean I think and but you are right in the decision that it has to be one way or the other like you can't say these like when you start getting into the minutiae of it like this book can't this book can this book can't this book can then suddenly you're making an assessment army by army which basically is you doing your own like battle tome by battle tome faq um which is just one more thing that people got to worry about as well players too so i think that it you you do just unfortunately have to let them in in that instance um and and we'll see we'll see where they go yeah, so that's my first bit. That's my first bit. It's about tactics and grand str- uh, and things are in. Like that's just pfft. like I do feel a bit defeated on that because I would like. Why isn't there just kill the enemy general as a battle tactic? Like yeah. that's that's like that's the that's the fucking like I'm playing like, a fantasy battle. Like, kill, well, there was wasn't there in the first the first, I feel I'm trying to think back to the first bunch. Yes, of them, it was like, in Mocomp. Yeah. But it was it was kill the enemy general with your and then like a bonus point if you did it with your general as well. Oh, anyway, like that. I just think that there's so many that are prohibitively doable depending on game state. And yes, you can plan for them and position your army for it. But it's like the there are some armies that just will never be in a game state to be able to complete them. And I find when that happens to me, I actually find it really defeating as a player when i'm going through all like all of the available ones and i'm like i can't do any it'd be really different if every single one was 
hard to do. So you were lucky if you got two, maybe three a battle and everyone was in the same boat. But at the moment, it's like if you don't get four or five, you're probably not hitting it. No, so like, so, so, um, also, uh, there's a great question from the chat as well, which I'll pick up on. But like, if you're scoring a battle tactic every turn, it's five over the course of the game, uh, I'll always FAQ that you can only ever score two from a battle tactic, like, end conversation, mm. right? Like, if, if they just release KO and they're like, every battle tactic is three points, I'm like, no, you get two. <laughs> like, just, just yeah. calm down. Um, <laughs> uh, so like uh, but then, you know maybe that's the, the way they think that they can balance against the primary so I don't fucking know mm. um, but the uh, so you, so that gets you 10 points and then if you hold one objective uh, which gets you a point and you hold another objective that actually gets you two so that's mm. another over the course of the battle another 10 points mm -hmm. right and then there are three points for doing your grand strategy so you could like quite comfortably be like look I want to just try and hold one hold two and do my battle tactics some of which are just like cast a spell be mm. on the board like some of them are so like, <laughs> yeah. like just just be be just around be there right yeah. that that you're getting so because i've got this thing at the minute 23 not 28 is you can play like a very unengaging game and get 23 points so that's your 10 mm. your 10 and your, sorry your, your mm. 10 your 10 your 3 yeah and then you really got to risk reward you really got to push yourself for 28 mm. You know, I mean, I'm gonna mm. get out there. I'm gonna put my balls on the wall, get 28. You're like, wow, mm. fucking, why not just, why not just do nothing and get 23? And obviously, your opponents a part of that conversation as well. Mm. Yeah. So I just, I think having watched it for a couple of games, I'm a bit like, so I'm gonna try and intentionally choose battle tactics which at least force people to move around. So Prize of Galay is mm. really good for that. Jaws of Galay is really good for that because mm -hmm. you delete objectives, so your opponent, so you can really force your opponent to have to move. Well, and I think the that's only. I was going to say, the only thing I can think that you could do to change this is if in the battle pack, you provide the list of tactics. Like, uh, you create a custom list where you drew from. So, so that, again, that's another point raised by Chucklebutt in the chat. Mm -hmm. Like, And I've always been a really big advocate for this. Skins Workshop's mess. Just like, you know, like, mm -hmm. it, it, <laughs> we did Twisted Turns round five, yeah, at the event, right? <laughs> and Owen was literally just shouting at me across the room. He was like, Rob, this is bullshit. Why did you make it? Like, he was pissed. And he was quite yeah. right to be pissed. Yeah, like, it was, a, it was a super fair point. It's my responsibility to try and make... Uh, people who attend my events to have a nice time, right? Mm. So I obviously will never do that again, right? It was a mm. bit of a joke, and we all had a laugh with it, I think, um, but never again. We did it the one time, and we'll never do it again. Um, but the like the further and further you stray away from from what the game is, you know, with comp, like oh, why not just allow mm. one from the? I've heard loads of suggestions. Why mm. not just allow one from the book? Like, okay, which one? Like, mm. what, like they're right on their army list. Okay, why not create, like, Charlie was like, why not create two that are just, like, from the core book? Like, you know, kill the enemy general or something. I'm like, you know, there's a version. Adam in the chat's like, why not have it so you can score four out of five? And it's just, like, constantly producing some sort of wheel. And I'm just like, just let it all fucking ride. But ban incarnates, because fuck them. That's what I would say. Uh, so, anyway, that's kind of where I'm at with, with the battle tactics element, Dan. Um, and the grand strats, and like I don't know, just give a, someone a cuddle. They'll be like, "I lost because mm. he summoned a a, a Zagroth flame spitter." 
as a fire slayer player. Like he won by mm. three points because I think I played a pretty good game and it was really tough. But mm. it turns out he just rolled a two up and he got three points. And I just give him a cuddle. I guess that's going to be my way yeah. of solving it, Dan. Cuddling people. Well, it's, it's. I mean, it's like like daughters of Cain. And I know somebody said they did take away a lot of the bonus points from them. But for me, the bonus points were never the issue. It was the ease with which they can complete those objectives. Like they're thoughtless. And it's like, oh, he, I got the points. What'd you get the points for? And it's like. Ah, you got the points because uh, you brought witch elves. You're like, ah, which is, which <laughs> oh, is like, that's the what other that point. army wants to do. That's yeah. the other point. Like, is it really polarizes an army? So, like, like for with the Stormcast book, for instance, a lot of them are like dragon based, right? Mm. So then you're like, okay, so then I've got to take dragons, right? I've got to take Galician champions. I've got to take uh, like a, a dragons. And anyway, like, there's a bit of polarization that happens because of the battle tactics, but. Anyway, on to positive stuff, Dan. We talked about Tunnel Master, uh, mm -hmm. positive stuff that I picked up and tips and tricks. I think the battalion. Can we can we rename the the Tunnel Master like when he uses that ability to doing a Gur colonoscopy? Oh, okay. So I haven't told you this final bit actually on the Tunnel Master mm. situation. Mm -hmm. So Tunnel Master, ladies and gentlemen, is pretty cool uh, because what it does is, is somehow like it's very funny. Because what they're saying is there's a character and like a mega boss is a funny tunnel master. Like, what is he doing and how is he getting there? Do you know yeah. what I mean, Dad? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like, he doesn't seem like the best, like, yeah. sloppity bar piper, the tunnel master. You're like, well, how is he? Does like, that, is he playing? Is, is that really? Yeah, is he playing music how... the whole way? Yeah, um, he, it, or like. See, it makes sense for some, but then I like the idea that others just, like, there's a hole, and they're like, huh, I wonder where that goes. And then they obviously pop up in the most tactically perfect place ever, and they're like, fuck, that was a pretty good, that was good luck right there. Like, there's there's different ways to master a tunnel. Um, yeah. But as a dwarf player, obviously no one is as good a tunnel master as a dwarf. Exactly, right? Uh, so... Now, the important point is, is we've talked about this on today's show, and friend of the show, Outnot, who uh, runs Clay Beast Creation, uh, who's a 3D designer, uh, has uh, gifted us, uh, and soon to be available, I think for free, is what he talked about today, is gifted us an STL uh, of mm. a Tunnel Master. Uh, so here it is on the screen. And for podcast listeners, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just a it's just a tunnel, uh, like mound on a base with a shovel in it and a sign um, uh, that says "Tunnel Done." Uh, <laughs> and he's he you know said, what? "Go on, Dan." I, I love that it actually just kind of looks like a latrine, you know, like when you need to go to the toilet in the bush and so you dig a, a small hole that you can poop in. That's what he's made. No, Dad, I did not raise up in the fucking boonies in, in, in Australia. So, no, I, I don't know what it's like when you need to go to the toilet in the <laughs> bush. You might go camping. You might go camping. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, we have poor point. Like, there's nowhere in England human hasn't touched. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> there is uh, sure. there is a tunnel master STL soon to be produced, which is really great because right. Dan, you don't even need to use it as the base. You could just mm. use that as your model. <laughs> well, he is he is spending all of his time underground. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was <laughs> thinking. So for podcast listeners, it's a it's a hole in the ground with a little sign that says tunnel and a and a shovel. So uh, I love that. 
Um, uh, your idea of camping is two and a half star hotel, isn't it? Never used a drop john. I've never used whatever a drop john is. My idea of camping is like just sleeping in the railway station. That's your fine. your version of camping is like rock up in a massive RV the size of a small apartment and you know never go outside. I get it, Rob. I Who get do it. we think I am? I am not bougie. I've got no, like. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm saying you would never go camping because you would never have all of the mod cons. I get it, okay? Okay, all right. Okay, that's why. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm bougie. That's fine. Right, okay, so... <laughs> get him, chat! <laughs> so so positives um, that I've noticed from the new GHB is list writing is actually really, really exciting. And mm. let, me t- let me talk to you about why. So uh, in the last... Uh, GHB, if you're on Tillance Wargamer, not yet, it's not currently live, uh, but in the next couple of days, and look at the stats, you can see that the Battle Regiment Battalion, which is where you put all your models in a battalion, I don't know why, you've, mm-hmm. if you don't know play Age of Sigmar and you've listened this far, fuck knows why I'm explaining this, but here we are. Like, you put all your, like, fuck knows. <laughs> we are but, as weak as our weakest link, and every now and then, one of those weak links just toughs it out, so bless them. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in they go, uh, they go into a special group, and then you get some bonuses. The Battle Regiment was the second most popular in the last GHB behind Bounty mm-hmm. Hunters, which, lo and behold, the one that gave you plus one damage was weirdly popular. Um, one, the one that gave you plus one damage against the type, uh, a vast array of unit types that you're, I think the worst part was that gal- Yeah, like, a mandatory the thing was that Galley Vets couldn't not be Galley Vets. Yeah. You know, like, it's, like, bounty hunters were only bounty hunters when they were put in the battalion. Galley Vets didn't need a, a battalion, they just were, and you're like, oh, so I'm good against a large number of things in my opponent's army, and there's my opponent will definitely have those. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it, and amazingly that that was the most popular one. Uh, but Battle Regiment was second. And now, uh, again, just using an event from the weekend, there were 54 players, but 57 Battle Regiments. Uh, because, mm. <laughs> so that's, uh, because you could take more than one Battle Regiment, and that gets you course, yeah. lower drops. Two drop. But my statement is this to tournament gamers and casual gamers alike, uh, is that you're either one drop or you're a billion drops. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and because the new, the new, I've seen people use that new Galician Command Battalion, especially incredibly cool. I'll give you a, a hot mm. pick, Dan, so that I saw recently. So this was last week, uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think JD played this, which was really cool. So he's running Stormcast, and he had a unit mm. of protectors, yeah? And he had a galley champ. I don't remember which one. And he had the uh, the artifact, the Quicksilver Potion, which means at the start of the combat phase, once per battle, he gets strike first, right? So he, mm-hmm. so what he would do is he would run the protectors around like a little like phalanx in front of mm. this character, and then someone okay. would ch- someone would charge the protectors, be like, "I'm going to beat them up," and then he would go, "Right, cool. By the way, I strike first, and the battalion I'm in, which is the Galician Command, my my bodyguard Let's unit then... fight fight straight after me. Mm. So, so you would charge them, and then they would fuck you up." Right? Yeah, right. And what a cool little combo. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. I, and, and see, I think that there is a lot... Like, just looking at it, I was genuinely a little bit more interested. The only thing I don't like is um, the headhunters, the, the sniper thing. Yeah. Uh, only in the same way that... But I had the same problem with bounty hunters in that you create a rule that creates a unique strength for a unit type that 
usually isn't the strongest element of an army, and then you immediately make a counter for it that anyone else can take if they don't want to deal with it. Um, I, I would have just liked not to not see sharpshooters in the same way I would have liked to not see bounty hunters. Uh, but that's fine. That's okay. Um, because, well, like, if you've said foot heroes are notoriously squishy and have a low wounds count, we made minus one to hit with shooting to protect them, but it didn't do a great job. So now they just can't be targeted if they're near battle line. You've created a, a like they need to be near battle line to not be targeted only with shooting. And then you say, but also actually here's a thing you can put shooters in that ignore it. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Um, well, if it makes you feel any better, we've seen it almost like it hasn't existed. Yeah, yeah. No one's taken it. Yeah. Uh, because, like, uh, what I mean by list writings got really exciting, because previously there was kind of like a race to the bottom, and there are definitely going to mm. be armies that are going to be like, I want to be a one-drop, so I can either mm. deploy my buffs, I can alpha strike, or I generally just want to control... I'm fragile, I want to control the floor. Or I can make you go first, because I want you to come towards me for my strike. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of the time, the one-drop is, like, really matchup dependent. Your opponent says to you, like... Like, you look at your opponent, you think, oh, well, they can only get in the mid-board. Ha-ha, <laughs> brilliant. Like, so then I'll give them the turn. They can't hurt me. Then I get mm. to start uh, unleashing and spells and stuff. Uh, or whatever. You know, damage and things. Mm. Um, but now, if you're not a one-drop... Just be a fucking 14 drop, right? And then have like yeah. two or three enhancements. And I you're seeing people do this. They're like they're like, oh, do you know what? I'll have tunnel master and I'll have leadership of the alpha. So I'm gonna take mm. uh I'm gonna take is it the warlord battalion? Uh, and I'm gonna take the enhancement so I can get an extra enhancement. You know, I'm gonna have two mount traits, I'm gonna have two mm. artifacts, or I'm gonna run the Galician Command. Another thing that's really cool is loads of people are running the Galician Veterans one. So, you know, if you think about something like Zangor on foot, um they they mm. get fifty attacks from unit of ten, but they're on a thirty two mil base. And they got one inch mm. weapons. So actually, no, they got 25. But as soon as you put them in Galician Veterans, boom, I can fight in two ranks. Yeah, yeah. I'm opening it all up, like which is really fun. And then you also get that kind of fun counter deploy mechanic as well. So they're mm. a one drop. They're like, I put my army down. And you're like, great. Mm. I'm going to be like, mm, I'm going to put this guy there. I'm going to put that guy there. You get a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. Which is really cool. And a couple of the battle plans are actually quite fun if you get to deploy a lot after your opponent because mm. you get to kind of see where they're going, where they're going to put uh, where they're going to put the damage, where they're going to put all of their units. So it's quite fun. So list writing mm. in this is maybe way more exciting. Maybe, yeah, sure, we're going to see Tunnel Master all the time, but fucking, we saw Arcane Tone Master Magic every day of, of my life. Yeah, so, yeah. Right? I, I oh, Genuinely, I'm not, I, I don't mind, uh, seeing tunnel master a lot because i think it's an interesting ability and i think armies that already had redeploys and teleports it's just another one for them but armies that didn't have access to them it's just a hero but it's really interesting like i'm excited to do it with my more tribes like a tyrant can you imagine a big ass buffy beefy lady just teleporting across and then beating you up with a rolling pin mm, give me that yeah. uh, but uh but i also think that we're gonna see i'd actually like to see battle regiment go because I think I think one drop for me actually mess it like it pushes people towards list composition that is less interesting. It and does. I would like it does. To, but what I'm yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is, and while mm. those one drops are probably more successful in in some cases because some mm. of the armies are just very very good. Um, yeah. I would say that like actually you're seeing a lot of players who do really well at events 
completely mm. just moving away from the one drop. Them just being yeah, like, true. they're like, do you know what? I want loads of stuff. I want mm. I want these units to fight in two ranks. I want a, like a hero and a really fighty unit to make uh, use a Galician command mm. stuff. And I really wasn't expecting that. And it's super fun to see in the list writing. And it's super fun to see in the mm. results. And it's super fun to see on the tabletop. Like the players are really enjoying themselves with that. They're like, you almost feel like maybe in previous versions, like Bounty Hunters was very obnoxious. But this is just like, do you want some new toys in your army? And people are like, yeah, do you know mm. what? I do want some new toys in my army. That's pretty. This mm. this Frostlord and Stonehorn, by the way, is a Rotman Elder. But this motherfucker, which is always the yeah, better yeah. choice. It's just always the better choice. But if you can have one that does that and one that's fucking Metal Crunchy, you're like, yeah, I'm doing it. Let's yeah. go. This is fun. So actually, I, huge positive. Yeah, I'll also be interested. Like I've seen, uh, I just saw in the chat, someone said like maybe there should be a different way of deciding first turn priority and things like that. I actually really like this because for me, if I know I outdrop my opponent or my opponent outdrops me, you can have a pretty good idea of who's going to, who they're going to give first to, or if you're going to give or take first, which for me, I find tactically more valuable because I can deploy with that knowledge. Like I can deploy being like looking at that army he doesn't want to go first. So there's a good chance it's coming to me. So I can plan and deploy with able to take advantage of a first turn if it's given to me uh, or vice versa. If I know I'm planning on giving it away or taking it, depending on what I see, I can deploy for it. So I actually quite like that we know that it's not rolled for, that there's not a weird, like a different way of determining it. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I like the way it is, but I also, most importantly, uh, I think we're in a we're in this wicked little place now where we're getting loads of new stuff. So that's a huge positive, big mm. positive um, that we're getting that. Like I think. Um, so so lists. I guess we're we're talking about at the moment about lists and army comp from the last two events. You're saying you know obviously bounty hunters is gone, but you're seeing less battalions and uh, more galley vets. Is also there also from the stat center? Also from yeah, the also stat from the center. sorry the stat center. Yeah. But my my question then from your last couple events, have you seen much of a swing away from big heavy hitter mounted you know multiple hundreds of points heroes to more smaller galley vets to take advantage of the abilities and enhancements and um, uh, uh, what's it called uh, turn traits turn yeah, yeah, yeah. objectives so there's been some like unique little cute bits like so the night zephyros mm. from stormcast which you can obviously put into city uh -huh. sigmar yeah, yeah because yeah. it's a movement 12 galley champ and you're like mm. that's pretty good and then you just make them stubborn as a stubborn as a rhinox which means you count as 10 on objective so then instead of mm. needing tunnel master you're just like okay move 12 stand on an objective <laughs> i count as 10 haha <laughs> i outscore you so that's like a nice little cute trick mm. so you've seen that a few times normally you see the support character as you would see anyway with tunnel master is kind of like what you're generally tended to see um as a trend if there is a trend the trend is mm. not taking battle reg that's the trend yeah right and that's cool. the kind of that's the thing to be really excited about um and then for some armies it's like very insular like it has to be the battlesmith mm. that does the four up rally for fire slayers that has that gets the yeah that gets to do three command abilities once per turn because three up mm. three four up rallies once per battle is pretty dope. So like on you, two wound durable models, yeah, yeah, like it's it's just really really solid. So I think that like um that's a that's a trend that's happening at the minute. Mm -hmm. The one thing I would the other thing that I would say is that like some of these armies are really lifted up by the scores that they're getting thanks to book tactics and thingies. Not to go mm -hmm. back to that, 
But like, so sometimes the lists don't necessarily read until you like realize that someone's spending 95 points or 100 points on a hero or a unit just to achieve a battle tactic and then get two points. Because that's kind of interesting because there's no overarching strategy with them other than get two points. Uh, which so kind of interesting. So we've kind of spoken about scoring, army composition, everything like that. Uh, do you mind having a chat about the battle plans themselves that we're actually scoring on? Uh, yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to also yeah. say that I think that mm. one of the things that I think is vital is terrain. Mm -hmm. um, like we mm. need garrison rules clearing up. I think everyone needs to just use the keywords for like obscuring, as in just purely blocks on site, impassable yep. garrison and cover. Those are the ones that yep. I use. Impassable garrison cover. Cover if you stand in it, you get the save. Garrison you get in and out of, like it's garrison. And then impassable yeah. you can't stand on. Super easy. And then the other one is just say those four in the middle block line of sight. Like I have untold yeah. replies from players playing who are like, I really appreciate the terrain, thank you. Yeah. So like that would be my first thing. Um, I, and I because I think I, I think the thing is you go to events and depending on the event and who you're playing, the interpretation of terrain changes. Like you can play five games and have five vastly different interpretations of terrain versus if you just have someone say, this is how it is, this is what it is, and these are the rules that apply to it. It's very easy. And then and also <laughs> and also there's absolutely no like player place terrain is terrible, in my opinion. Just do a map. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yep. just do a map. Uh, and then yep. following on from the map is they should all be asymmetrical, in my opinion. Um, mm. Like that's something to be conscious of. I sometimes have, and I need to, I need to look at it again on some of the boards that I produced. But I also have it so that, like, if you have a large piece of terrain, um, let's say the Shrine Luminor for Luminoth Realm boards, mm. I normally have it that you have to replace a piece of terrain, and then I try to make it so there are two or three pieces of terrain in your territory, so that mm. you. Are replacing one can of those choose. Yeah. Now, some people think that that's quite restrictive, but then the other version of that is there's less terrain, mm. or if there's the same amount of terrain, then what you do is you use that impassable bit of terrain to create like a zone where like a more crusher can't land. So then what you do is you mm. set up like you ha you have to be really conscious of like what players will do. They're like, look, I have a shrine, <laughs> I get to set it up. The, the TO has put two bits of terrain in between. I'm going to put it in the middle of that. Exactly, and, yeah. Right? But you also can't make it so that they can't set up their terrain. So like, the, Yeah, I was about to say, the alternative is that you say terrain can't be deployed within six inches of another piece of terrain or an objective, but then certain pieces of terrain would never fit. And then you'd be like, ah, too bad, so sad. Like I. Yeah. So I'm going to write into my pack, so just for people to be clear, and I had a really good conversation mm. with Kieran about this. Um, is that uh, because I did have just replaced a piece of terrain in the territory. So now I'm going to change it to you can set it up anywhere as long as you end up six inches away because that's roughly how much space you mm. need for like a Moor Crusher or a Mega Gargan. Mm -hmm. As long as you're six yeah. inches away from any other piece of terrain, you know, and the mm -hmm. intent is, just to be clear, that someone can place their model pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then or replace a piece of terrain. So you've got a little bit more wiggle room. And there's going to be a lot of mm. Gits players out there being like, oh, my, my Loon Shrine, I'm going to use this to block the board. Yeah. Right? Which is pretty interesting. So, Or uh, you saw it, I know I saw it a lot with um, boats, mm. with the the fish elf boats. They were often the, the thing that you saw, whether they were separated to block two different corridors or to create bottlenecks or whether they were put together as one to, to make block off a bigger advance yeah. and then take advantage of eels flying over the top. 
Um, it just I, stopped. I, that I remember from being someone a thing. proudly saying, "Like, oh, I put my two. This is a, a, an old thing for people who are mm. new. Someone proudly saying that they won an event because they put two of their boats in front of their opponent, and their opponent couldn't move out their deployment. They were like, haha. and I'm like, no, haha. Mm. That just sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that's not cool. Uh, or, or like, I remember um, playing at an event where the OBR put. They, they, you could put terrain on objectives. And the OBR put their little bone nexus-y thing on top of one of the objectives. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> like, just, I was like, that's that's so shit. No, they're like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, no. Like, they, they would give me all these reasons and stuff. And they're like, think about how cinematic it is. Think about this. I'm like, no, no. That's just really shitty. Yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't, anyway, you shouldn't be yeah. winning the game. So yeah, terrain uh, symmetrical, because also like there's mm -hmm. no advantage to a side. Also, absolutely no mystical terrain. Like the like, imagine. Oh yeah. Like absolutely no. mystical terrain in the bin. It's over. It's yeah. done. Like I, I get it. There's someone out there like, but Rob, I want my slant to have plus one to cast, and I'm like, I know yeah. you do, mate. But fuck off. Like. But, but <laughs> How often when you see a, and I, I'd put this to everyone who plays tournaments, you know, even not even all the time, but just every now and then, how often when you are looking at the board and the sides of the board and trying to choose where you want to go, you don't give a flying fudge about the actual terrain. You're just looking for which side has mystical. That's yeah, all. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. going like, which side has mystical in its deployment zone? And you're either taking it because you want to use it or you're taking it to keep it off your opponent, but you don't care. And then you look at the terrain and the deployment of everything else and see if it's advantageous to you. But that one roll on a D6 for the ability of that terrain is more important than the entire spread of terrain on the board. Yeah, yeah. I agree with, like, I agree with Honky in the chat. Mysterious terrain users, red flag. Immediate, like, what do you want to do, Mysterious? No, I don't. Red flag. Like so, I've I've so been my... to somewhere that terrain is pre-labeled of like the 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 tos have gone around and whether they've rolled it or whatever, um, and I was like, oh, that's actually I don't mind that. Like I don't mind having mysterious terrain, but l much in the same way as a terrain map, you have a map of what each one is. Yeah, like like you know, like I, I remember the Just Play Boys uh, way back in the day. They were like, oh, we're going to put some arcane in the middle, so you've at least got to run towards the arcane mm. or something. Um, yeah. so, but I would just put it all in the bin, whatever. Unless, again, you're doing a yeah. map, in which case, think about mm. it, right? Uh, so mm. there's that. Um, I really like that. Like, can we get 2D terrain, like dangerous terrain, like rivers of lava? That's pretty cool. I quite like that idea, mm. but also don't like that idea. But it's it's still cool to think. For a narrative game, I, yeah. I had, that, I had that once on a tournament. There was, a, a like, a lava river that went across the board, and it was actually, we, we just, we, it was a, an event where you rolled for terrain, and we actually decided it was dangerous because we were like, there's no way that that's not it. And it was, it was great. It was fine. We did, really didn't mind. Um, this was back when dangerous terrain killed things on a roll of a one, and two brutes waded in very confidently and then disappeared under the lava flows, and it was hilarious to my dwarves standing there holding the <laughs> other side. Uh, but I, I've, it's fine. It's fine. You can have fun. But again, that was a much more uh, a friendly game rather than a high-end tactical competitive one. Good. Yeah. So I would say, I would say, like, whether or not you're running a tournament or at an event, I would say some key factors are you have terrain. Your terrain be, like, symmetrical. Um, mm. it, you don't have an advantage of picking either side because that's terrible. 
You make it mm -hmm. so that players can use their models and units. That seems super fair. And just for mm -hmm. the for the love of God, even if all you have is like some polystyrene flat bit of hill, put two of them in the middle and just say between. Not when I say the middle, between mm -hmm. the two deployments. Yeah, mm -hmm. like that's it. And then you just say they block line of sight. Just. Yeah. Just for one guy to be like, this is, mm -hmm. this is so lovely. Like, I promise you, yeah. the emotional impact on the player who for once in their fucking life hides a guy behind that bit of terrain is amazing. Same mm. because the joy you'll get on your face when you see the emotional impact of that long strike guy who has to actually move those three models is oh, wonderful. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker, mate. Yeah. <laughs> or, he deploy or he has to deploy them in the sky so they don't get to hero phase shoot turn one. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Just do oh, it. Oh, my heart bleeds for him. Yeah. So just do that. Um, having used six long strikes this weekend, Dan. Uh, oh, so and wait, long strikes can move. So someone in the chat, they can. <laughs> <laughs> just FYI, uh, they can. Know, long strikes were in the first release of Stormcast when Age of Sigmar was but a wee twinkle in the lusty eye of Games Workshop. They are snipers of the mortal realms and have always been utter bastards. And they shoot 30 inches. So if you don't have anything that blocks that. They, they, they shoot 30 inches unless they move. I think I don't know if this rule has changed. They used to have a 6-inch move and a 24-inch range. It's like, five, it's like move, 5 and they shoot 30. Yeah. But if they didn't move, they shot 30 inches. So you're like, so there's no downside to moving. Yeah, it's the, it's like there was, it was, it was absurd. Anyway, um, there are other bastards and people that use them are garbage people. Now, on the weekend, you use them. Is that because you were a spare player? I was a spare player. Yeah, my like my a previous yeah. spare player army. I have changed up my spare player army though, Dan. My previous spare player army used to be. Uh, you're going to really like my new spare player army. I'll tell you about it. Okay, because my, my old I, one you, used to be sixty the... pink horrors. You were the menace. You were the menace of the spare player table. You were like five out of five as the spare player. It's like, that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> well, I've got something to say about that as well. Hire good players to be your spare player. Because normally mm. what happens is your spare player ends up playing people on the lower tables. And there's mm. nothing more engaging, in my personal opinion. Or give a free ticket away to a good player. Mm. I normally have like yeah. someone like Adam come up or someone like that, yeah. you know. And I'm just like, just play people on the bottom tables because they're competent. They learn and they're mm. able to teach. They could just be like, oh, yeah. by the way, this is how that works. I find that really good. Mm. Yeah, TSN house robot. That's what you want. You want a house robot. Yeah. I played dragons. No, Dan is what I played yeah. at the weekend. But my newer army is uh -huh. so great. It's two Bray Shamans. <laughs> Right for beast of chaos, <laughs> right? Let me tell you about this. This is thanks to Colonel Cabbage for this. Two Bray Shamans, right? Yeah, and then they're off board, right? And then it's I can't remember what it is. It's like twenty Ungor and then like a hundred and fifty Ungor raiders. I don't remember the number. Whatever works in the in the numbers, right? Oh my god! So then this is what happens. Turn one, I use one Bray Shaman to do the heroic action to drag you out wherever you go in. Drag you out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I put one. I put one on the board, and I immediately achieve a uh, cunning maneuver. Battle tactic. Of course, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I also hold an objective. Three points for Rob. Let's go. Yeah. Then I mm -hmm. fire, I think it's like 140 on Raider shots. Sorry, so, just just to confirm, you've deployed nothing on the board. Turn one, nothing. Uh, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah, pre cool. Deployment, zero. Zero, yep. Turn yep. one. So, uh, Bray Shaman. Yep, cool. Yeah. Right, this is also a very good spare army because it requires you just to have a top pocket on your shirt. Just put them in there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Then, 
<laughs> then you fire all of your, I think, let's say it's 130, maybe it's 140, let's say it's 140 on Gold Raiders, right? So you fire 240 shots off board, mm-hmm. yeah, without ever moving onto the board. Yeah. Turn one. Turn two, you deploy your second Bray Shaman, score another battle tactic, mm-hmm. yeah, and you just let all your fucking other guys die. You don't even need to ever build and paint them, Dan, right? Yeah. <laughs> What turn do they die? Turn four? Turn, turn two. Like, if they don't come oh, on turn, turn two. two. Well, they, well they'll die two. at the beginning of turn three. But... <laughs> right? And so then you... sorry. Right. I'm... You, but but how, how does it win? Well, you hope all 240 of them shots in that first turn did a load of work. And them two Bray Shamans have got some big brass balls. That's what you hope. Yeah? <laughs> I, I mean... I'm going to rock up to an event with this army. Two Bray Shamans. Done. Yeah, great. Easy. Yeah. Just have a box and written in felt tip on it is like, oh, go read it. And it's actually, they're all, it's just sprue bits from all of your other armies. So that if someone's like, are they in there? You just shake it. And you're like, yeah, of course they are. Can't you hear yeah, it? Yeah, it's in here. I put some air holes in it so that they can breathe. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks to Colonel Cabbage for that one at the weekend. And what's yep, good about yep. that is if you want to get into Beast and Chaos, that's how you can start your army. So then the next thing, be like, oh, I'm going to buy a Saigor, paint it up. Right? And the next time you deploy a Saigor and a Bray Shaman. So you know, I guess the thing I want to confirm from you is you started this by saying have good players as your spare players so that they can help teach and support the players that are most of the time i find that the going up against the spare player is someone who's relatively new to to tournaments and things like that mm-hmm. uh so what you're saying is that that army gives the experience that you would like someone to have at your event yes absolutely yeah okay great yeah yeah, yeah. utter yeah. bewilderment and frustration yeah, the other the other house robot armies are 50, 60 pink horrors or yeah. a storm drake guard army with six long strikes. Oh god, you're a rubbish person. That's how, bro. Just, what, yeah, yeah. I won best sports at my own event two weeks ago. I had to give it <laughs> yeah. to someone else. I was like, technically, I've won this, but I guess I can't win it. Yeah, so I gave it to someone else. <laughs> oh yeah, very yeah, a very sporting way to approach it. Well, technically, I win, <laughs> but I guess I'll give it to one of you plebs. <laughs> Anyway, God. anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Schrodinger's. Yeah, it's Schrodinger's goats. You never know if they're goats. on the board or off the board. Great got, and after turn two, you know that they're never on the board. Yeah, great list, great guy. Yep. Uh, okay, so you asked me about battle plans. There are some really uh, yes. There are some so, really really great battle yeah. plans. Really great yep. battle plans. Uh, I say prize of galette and jaws of galette should probably go mm-hmm. in every single battle plan. Because what's yep. really cool about those is when you go second in a turn, mm. you get to activate an objective and also you get to delete an objective. Now, yeah. uh, it can really swing the game if you're, you know you go second in a turn. Like you should almost, mm. in, like on Prize of Galette, you always go second on turn two because yeah. then your objective on home, because there are five objectives, three across the middle, and then one in each Your person. objective on home is the one that you activate. You activate that, and then you're like, cool, I'm fighting here for the rest of the game and trying to get yeah. a couple in the middle. Um, yeah. So like that's an obvious Yeah, I one. would say the only thing is if you're playing... Uh, oh, no, I guess I was going to say, if you're playing something that um, goes forward and hits like, like uh, orcs or something like that, maybe you want to choose a different one to so that you don't have to worry about sitting back, but you're so fast that you don't need to worry about it. 
Yeah, you got some. You got some real options. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, so I like those battle plans. I think they're good. Uh, I think you obviously never ever play twists and turns at your event. What um, do you mean? Unless what do you mean? Unless you turns. play a tournament of all twists and turns battle plan five rounds. <laughs> 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 Every round, twist and turn. Uh, do you want to go through it for folks that? Uh, oh my god! I I actually think most people have just heard that twists and turns is about as uh, fun as a, a a dry colonoscopy. Um, but I, I don't think many people have actually played it or read it. So I'm just thinking it might be a good one to explain why why it triggered so many people at your event when you made people play it in the fifth final penultimate round. Well, so, okay, so we played it in the very first tournament where we played all five mm -hmm. Gleason champion missions. And then mm -hmm. I, I, I was actively going to up to each table, like, tell me about the mission. Tell me how you feel about it. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Uh, you know, and everyone was like, Rob, this is just stupid. It's a stupid, stupid mission. <laughs> and I'll talk about why in a minute. Um, it's stupid, stupid. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously I won't put in the next plan. And someone was like, unless you did it round five. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we got to do that now. You were like, don't threaten me with a good time. Like here, I yeah. want to see some tears. Rob is actually sustained and kept beautiful and young by the tears of salty war gamers. Uh, so that's why you were doing it to get all of those lovely little electrolytes right <laughs> well it's, it's just for fun but like we won't do it again oh yeah so yeah. this is how it works and, and legitimately making people watching people work it out it's a trash fire like but worth kind of doing it because it's so funny i don't know mm -hmm. like i think this is a legitimately fun battle plan for playing casually legitimately um, so there are five objectives and it's on the screen, but for podcast people, it starts in one corner and then it goes across the board with obviously one in the middle, a, a diagonal. Uh, so mm. there are five across the diagonal. And the way it works is this. Okay. At the end of each player's turn, Dan, you and me are playing? At the mm -hmm. end of each player's turn, after any victory points have been scored, the player whose turn is taking place, so let's say it's yours, Dan, must roll mm -hmm. a dice for each active objective that they control. Okay, so all five start as active. Dan sits on two of them. He mm -hmm. controls them. They're active. It's the end of his turn. So he rolls the dice for the ones he controls. On a four plus, um, they stay active. If they've got a Galician and you champion. Add, you add one if there's a champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the second one is uh, like, so then, but so that's a three plus if you've got a Galician champion. But on a one to two, they just don't go they don't stay active now they do remain there so you can control them but you can't score any points off them you could also use the realm spell and blow mm. it up uh and do mortal wounds around it so those so it's still there it's just not active right so that's the first part of what happens so every time one of us finishes a turn anytime we control an objective you roll a dice right yeah and then and on a on a one to three or a one or two, it is no longer an active scorable objective. Yes. Uh, the uh, and then at the start of each player's hero phase, <laughs> the player whose turn is taking place rolls the dice for each inactive objective. Yeah. And then on a one yep. to three, it remains inactive. But on a four uh, plus sorry, or a three, you plus. roll the dice for each in inactive objective they control. Yes. So you're not rolling it for random ones in the middle of the board that you might then want to go and get. You need to be in control of the already inactive objective, have wasted a turn not scoring it, and then pray that it turns back on. Yes. You're, yes, you, you do. You know what you are? You, this, the thing I really like about this is 
every Galician champion is basically a moth hoping the light turns back, the neon that they've gotten trapped in turns back on. You know when they get up under the bowl and they're like, oh, God, I hope this comes back on before I die? Uh, that's effectively every Galician champion. The, score, the scores that people were turning in for this were wild. They were like 30 to 4. And I was like, what happened? The guy was like, none of my turned on! Like... <laughs> <laughs> So like like not it obviously adds a huge layer of bookkeeping to the game, which is ludicrous. Yeah, like I was like I like was walking around listening to people play, and I was like absolutely certain that they are not playing that correctly. Like when they're explaining it to, to each other at the start, I was like I was like, hey guys, can you just tell me how you think the battle plan works so I can just make sure you've got it. And they were like, it does this and this, and I would listen to them. I'm like. That is not right, but you carry on. Like, you, you crack on, lads. That's close you enough. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, this is this. I wouldn't ever play this at an actual professional tournament or a, or a, or a serious tournament, just because I feel like someone's going to lose their game, not because they play, but because of the thing. And it I put was, it in two tournaments yeah. now to find out if that was true. Obviously, that's one of those. I thought that when I read the GHB seems mm. fairly obvious, but we did it in the new GHB. Like we actually played it, and feedback is yes. There was a new lad called James with his fire slayers. He was like, I had a fucking great time. Uh, Adam uh, with his uh, trolls, <laughs> again, new, wasn't really phased about winning. He was like, yeah. great time. Matt G, on the other hand, yeah, sat across from Seb, murderous. Livid. His eyes were like, because <laughs> like, like, at first he was like, I'm going to commit. He was like, I'm so excited, Rob. Twists and turns, let's go. Absolutely love it, baby. But turn three, mm. I was like, Matt, how are you feeling? He's like, maybe not the best battle plan. Maybe I don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I. You know what I would compare it to? Remember, for those for those who've been playing War Dollies for a little bit, I think it was the second General's Handbook ever released way back when, um, in the twenty teens or whatever it was. Uh, the there was a battle, the first battle plan where you could burn your opponent's objectives, or you could burn. No, you could just burn any objective. Um, I think, but uh, you scored D3 victory points when you burnt an objective. And a lot of people had a problem with that one because the game was won or lost, not on how well you played, but on the dice rolls for burning objectives. Because if you rolled two threes and your your opponent rolled a bunch of ones and twos, they literally couldn't win against you. Um, and I think this is the same one, is that too little is actually left up to the player and it's more a random dice generator for who wins the game yeah they, they and they also have one of those in this as well they also have one of those in the current uh ghb because they have um oh god what's it called uh like just remembering what it's called it's called uh oh the the i know the one you're talking about realm stone uh, cachet so how yeah. about how about dan i give you my uh keep it or bid give it yeah, let's let's rock through them, and we'll should we just go through the list? So there, because there's obviously the the two, the two yeah. d six, whatever. Yeah, I'll just go. Through, yeah, I'll go through them. All right, yeah. prize Galette, keep put it in every uh, put it in every uh, pack. It's wicked, yeah. wicked. Play that. Uh, the yeah. Realmstone Cachet, bin it, and then set it on fire, and then kick it into the <laughs> yeah. sea. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very fun to play across the table for a, a fun game. It is not a, a great one for competitive. No, no, not at all. I wouldn't even say it's fun for... Oh, who knows? Like, like you're just running into the middle. You also have a very small deployment, so no, the throw only, that away. The only thing I would, I would remind everyone is that the General's Handbook is supposed to be the competitive book, so to have such brutally non-competitive battle plans seems a bit ridiculous. 
I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Bartline's drawn. This is the one where the territories uh, are objectives mm-hmm. instead. Uh, I, all I have to say is the realm spell exists and we just move the fuck on. Um, yeah. Uh, it's well, so it's stupid. not just the realm spell. There's the realm spell and then another. There's that new. There's abilities, multiple abilities where you can just basically burn your a, a quarter of the board every turn. Yeah, just, yeah, don't do that. That's a no mm-hmm. from me. Uh, please, boss. Um, uh, then you've got the lurkers below. This is Bin. Uh, you, mm-hmm. number one and and legitimately i do think that this is uh, this is the worst thing someone's like mm. <laughs> i played 40k the other week at tournament and the, the territories were uh were hammer and anvil so they were sideways yeah. versus dawn of war which is lengthways and they were like okay the deployment sideways i was like do you just want to play it long ways and they were like no that's not what the mission says i was like <laughs> but this is the worst uh, yeah, so for that and that it's... alone it's Bin. it's the worst if all your tables are connected, so you can't get around the bottom, the the back end of it to play it long ways. Yeah, so I hate this. Uh, so it's a no from me. Uh, Lurkers blow. But, also, okay, but also the win condition for it is also a terrible. That was what, that win. was what I was going to say. Is like I, I I actually do know a number of people who get shitty about it. I quite like the long ways missions. I really liked shifting objectives back in the day, um, but they were long ways missions with your objective through the middle. Uh, which I quite kind of enjoyed, um, but this one is is a bit different. Yeah. Uh, then we've got um, then we've got in the presence of idols. This is legit. Like this is this actually yeah. adds something uh, where you pick idols, you get extra points. It's kind of fun. I really mm-hmm. like this. It's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, the Nidus paths is I think fine. Uh, I think the teleport triggers people a little bit, but like ultimately, I don't really hate that. Uh, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, you get this cheeky little teleport or something. Like, it, it actually does that thing it's meant to do. It adds a little bit mm. to the mission. The only thing is it's really difficult to work out the deployment, so I hate yeah. that. I, yeah. yeah, and I also, the other thing I would just add is that you, whenever you're adding new rules and things like that, tournament games can already run quite long. We're talking about chess clocks and everything like that. It, this does add another level of complexity and time in dealing with the paths, but most, like you mentioned, most importantly, deployment. Anytime you've got a, a stepping stone zigzag deployment is just a fluster clock of a nightmare. Uh, Joel in the chat saying, twists and turns, uh, best battle plan. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I mean, as a TO, hilarious for the players. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. As uh, a TO, you're just sitting in your ivory tower, just looking down at everyone being like, haha, suffer, but inside you're knowing that they're all secretly dying, which is, you know, gives you strength. I agree with White Trash Wargamer. I think that this is this is legitimately like the worst. This is the Nidus Paths lets me know that they've never once played the Nidus Paths. <laughs> like like they've never set up their mo- miniatures knowing where the deployment zone is. Like mm. so it's a no from me. Uh, they only- they had 6 hours to play the game as well. Like they absolutely didn't go okay, we should play it competitively in a competitive time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, only the worthies okay. It's like a Galician mm. champion one. Um, so I don't hate that. That's that's fine for me. I I personally quite... I'll just throw it out here. I quite like it, and I would be excited to see it in regular battle plan, uh, battle packs for events, only because we are in the season of Galician Champions, and I like things that push Galician Champions to the fore. I know that that's not fair of every army, but not every army could take advantage of Thondia when it was monsters was the key thing like diff like when sons of behemoth were the the ogs and couldn't be beat uh they were great in a lot of the battle plans put this in so that the little guys have their time in the sun well then don't put path of a champion in uh because this lets you do uh two um two 
battle tactics if you've got a Galician champion holding it, which is, again, mm. you you push that in balance with book tactics to yeah. the end degree. Uh, the Jaws of Galay, you keep. It's probably one of my favorite missions from there mm-hmm. that they've just done. Uh, you delete objectives. It's super cool. Really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ours... delete objectives, but I, I just want to quickly throw in here the reason I like it is that none of them are so far away that if you're holding one that gets deleted, you're boned. Like, yes. I, I, you know, sometimes, like, if you if the objective is gone, you're like, holy shit, these guys are never going to comp- test on another objective. These are, it's all tight enough that you can get there quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, George Galette, yep. I keep that. Ask for the taking. I really like this. And this is kind of the anti one drop uh, battle plan. So, you know, mm-hmm. this is where your opponent, like, if they do have the battle reg, they have to decide whether they're going to be really aggressively 11 inches outside your territory mm-hmm. uh, and not. The only the only thing I would say is, is that the, the perfect place for a bit of line of sight blocking, um, impassable terrain is literally between the blue and red territory where it says home objective on the screen right now, or if you go mm. and open up your GHB for this one, where it just says home objective, just put a line of sight block in impassable piece of terrain. And all of a sudden someone can't put 2000 points in front of their opponent. Um, yeah. Which I think is decent. Uh, thanks to Dom for resubscribing. Loads of love to you. Twists and turns. Every mission, <laughs> every, every mission. It's either five missions or it's none. Yes, yeah. It's either fu- yeah. You either play an entire tournament of twists and turns, or you never play it again. Uh, position over power, I really like. Uh, this is where there are two objectives on the flank that uh, that mm. get deleted. Um, it does it does make you play very linearly at the beginning, um, mm. but I quite like it. This is a really good one, and that's it. So actually, not too bad. Like there's quite mm. a few, so I I, I like it. There's a good good bit of flexibility, and there's enough. There have been some GHBs where we've seen the same five missions in every single tournament. Excuse me, tournament pack because there really were only five, and then every now and then someone would throw something different in to keep it interesting. But it was just to do that. Whereas this, I think you've got uh, there are some that you would absolutely bin, but you do have a decent selection to play around with. You yeah you ha- you're close to the wire though you've got five or six I think is is go through mm. that process so like it's lucky that six months is all I'm gonna say um, mm. uh, like or we all play twists and turns that's the answer um, yeah. and I think that's that's that those are kind of my thoughts Dan from mm. um, from what I've seen so far um, or like I mean we're still early into the edition but um, for creating a good gaming experience I think uh, making terrain be important something I've talked about a lot is really yeah. cool. Some of the battle plans are very bad, uh, so don't put those in packs. Um, uh, like there are loads of opportunities to list right, which is a huge positive. Wasn't mm-hmm. something I was expecting, if I'm honest. Um, I really like it. I think it's quite cute, mm. uh, so I'm really enjoying that. Um, yeah. So like, I I don't think I don't think I've got anything negative to say, other than like I really wish that they would do more with with tactics, but battle tactics, and also mm-hmm. like. I feel like that. I feel that. I. I mean, I've laboured the point enough already. There's a good mm. conversation to have about tactics, which mm. they they should be having. We don't need yeah. to have it anymore. They should be having that conversation. I. I actually quite. I will say though that I think, of the last handful of books we've seen released, they are getting them into a really good place. I like that we're seeing more. Uh, balance or just more more interest across the books for me where i don't see a book and go like oh my god that's a nightmare why would you possibly put that out there uh they're they're more steady i'm more excited about them the only thing that seems to be a miss now is the the book battle tactics 
And grand strategies. The grand strategies are actually oh, worse. Oh, grand strategies, true. Yeah. The grand strategies yeah, are actually weirdly worse. Uh, yeah. Because because the variance on the grand strategies is much higher than the variance mm. on the, the battle tactics. Um, yeah. So like yeah, I think I think that's where I actually fall down a lot. Uh, personally, I'm just gonna see if there's any questions uh, from the chat mm. uh, because uh, some people did ask a couple of questions. I want to make sure. Do you think rally should go in the bin? Yes, obviously that should go in the bin. That's the worst thing in the world. Uh, like I, I mean, I joked today. I was like, look at these fire slayers always taken once per battle three four up rallies for a command point i was like at mm. least they're the only ones who can do it <laughs> gets from about to do it three times every hero <laughs> yeah it's uh not all rallies some some in some places you just find a git is more inspiring than any other creature in the mortal realms now is that heartbreakingly dis disappointing yes but is it also the world that we live in? Also, yes. Uh, I guess I've got a question as... Oh, yeah, please. As, and I know we spoke about um, list building and everything like that. From from a gameplay perspective and like looking at the tables, mm. what was the biggest difference you noticed across the end of the previous GHB and the start of this one? Like, Did you notice that people were, were playing for battle tactics, like planning for battle tactics more, or cause, given the changes, or were they... Like, where did the tactically, not in list building, I guess. I think getting rid of, I think get rid of um, uh, the battle tactic, uh, like um, against the odds, was really mm. really healthy for the game. But mm. then to replace it with kind of maneuver and, and tunnel master is pretty funny. Um, like that was really good for the game because it meant you immediately had to go and engage and turn one tactics yeah. were were a struggle. When, and and you have to remember again, I wasn't using, uh, we didn't let book tactics play at the arena for the last GHB mm. either. Um, so that meant that you saw people act actively moving and engaging with their opponent, which is kind of the point of mm. a game, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like that, that's the kind of difference that I think I'm seeing right now, um, is that, uh, the, but then in the last GHB that was, you, you could just literally almost skip a go in some ways. Mm. Uh, in this one, you have to commit a little bit more, tiny about a bit more, like a hundred point character. Yeah. So you have to commit a little bit more um uh and then but then you're maybe not necessarily set up for the next tactic but again that's so book dependent that's what i mean mm. the tempo of the battle is actually very different per army which is actually kind of cool it's yeah the way it should be admittedly like you you want that you don't want to just be seeing like if every army had that same play pace and went okay this turn i do this battle tactic this turn i do this battle tactic and you were basically just both of you just making notches on your belt as you went along it wouldn't be anywhere near the moment, the the game that you want it to be um what about the the players themselves and what they're bringing have you seen any armies coming out of the woodwork over the last oh, couple yeah, of tournaments some, you've there's run some, there's some uh, well tournaments i've ran but also um so lumineth castle is very common at the minute which is fun mm -hmm. um which again like I, like something i've been banging on about for like two years uh so mm -hmm. that's why the first army master class was on the lumineth castle but there's some really mm -hmm. really really good um trends so we've got mm -hmm. uh the kragnos like mortal wound hammer ogre list yeah. which is pretty funny so like with tyrants so that's becoming really popular mm -hmm. uh tree lords are doing really well um so there's well all mo most importantly oak and brow yeah. Uh, so like yeah. uh, Silvernet that don't that don't bracket. Uh, you're seeing yep. in the UK, you're seeing some armies with um, what they call Gossamid archers, which are which are yeah, uh, which didn't expect to see them. 
Uh, no, but they they play super well for a castle. Two up, you mm. you know you move forward. They're they're what old foxes used to do, but you can do it with a big yeah, screen. Yeah. Um, so you're seeing that a lot. A lot of Lumineth castles, dear God, a mm. lot. Uh, which means you're seeing a reduction in <laughs> Daughters of Cain, um, Marathi and the Bow Snakes because mm. they lose to that every time. Yeah. Um, I which honestly I. It, this is from a personal p- side of things. I can bust up a Lumineth castle. I can't. I find Marathi and the Bow Snakes a really <laughs> bad game experience. Like I just don't enjoy it. I've played it maybe too many times though against it. Rather not it. I would never ever take Marathi. Um, but uh, we're seeing but yeah. we're seeing uh, so we're seeing lots of ogres, which is great. Varieties mm-hmm. of ogres. New book really breathing life into them. We've started to see a lot of Slaves to Darkness as well um uh hitting the tabletops but not dominate the tabletops so far mm. which is actually really healthy i thought they were going to be a problem mm-hmm. but they've turned out to kind of level off which is quite nice um mm-hmm. so i've enjoyed seeing that um so yeah they but again i think the production matter on them i still think we're i know it's gonna sound silly but i still think yeah. we're a month away like yeah we're going to see gits do well at the next couple of weeks of tournaments i think mm-hmm. But then you won't really feel the impact of Gits until six months down the line. Gits like, are insidious. I, where the the Iron Blaster Noblar screen was very quick to pr- like the production meta for that was very short. Um, yeah, I think that. Uh, and I, I, you know what? It's interesting. I just want to put it out there as well because I've seen a couple of people who get shitty about the phrase production meta. Buggier. If there's a competitive element to a game and there is a process in getting that there. It takes that long. Just like in a video game, if you need to unlock certain weapons to be in the top tier, it takes a little while for people to unlock them, and then you see them everywhere. So you could all eat a big old slice of dicks. <laughs> well, <laughs> especially if you love it. Uh, the yeah, um, uh, yeah the, the it's, it's kind of interesting the, um, the the production meta conversation because you have people you have people with advanced mm. knowledge who already get them on the tabletop, and they're the people yeah. who generally tend to do well on top tables anyway, which means they mm-hmm. generally tend to permeate the media. Um, yeah. you know, talking heads like me, etc. Uh, mm. Then you uh, you have the people who are just like, cool, I want to build an army, but obviously I don't want to build a shit army. Uh, yeah. So off you go. Uh, and then you have people mm. who already had armies, like Kieran, who played this weekend with a mm. Spider Fang army. And he had like a yeah. little grot on Scuttleboss. So um, a Spider Fang mm. grot boss on Scuttleboss, yeah. who was smashed. He like just took Nagash off in a turn. It was just like, yeah. you're dead. I was like, what is happening? This tiny little. I had to put a foot on yeah, yeah. So there's some fun stuff. Uh, and again, we haven't felt the effect of Gits, Beasts, and we, as of yet, don't even know what KO is going to be. And, and and let's just be super clear. Gits is absolutely busted. Like, mm. not like, I mean, I haven't said this. I don't think I've said this on like a, mm. a Twitch show that's going to be a podcast. I've said mm. it not on that. But they are mm. absolutely broken. But oh, also, Dan, also, Dan Beasts are probably one of the most unengaging armies you can possibly play at the moment. Like they are well, the f- the, the really fact that they awful. can deploy everything off the board and don't have to put a single thing on for me, I'm like, ah, so that really makes deployment not a bit of a non-event. That that major strategic element of the game, you just don't take part in. Um, however, if you let's say you're playing Stormcast and they put a bunch of stuff in the sky and they can string out along every board edge, you need to. You've got two turns to shoot yourself a hole. Otherwise, you can't get through it um also the meta has significantly changed now uh yeah. the cygore now yeah. has just like changed the shape of the game right yeah like, changed the shape yeah. of the game so we've being got like this spell cast being 
a focus on low wound models and then someone who wounds spellcasters every time they cast is Great. phenomenal yeah so like yeah. the meta has drastically shifted but we as of yet haven't felt that in the realms or at the tournaments mm. let's say yeah because uh, squigs and beasts are gonna absolutely but gonna make people rethink their stuff a lot so um mm. yeah i'm quite enjoying it at the minute and and i think the game is in like such a fresh and engaging place so uh, pretty excited. Like I think overall, no, I'm, I'm the, like very positive. Uh, but there's just mm. some hot tips and tricks. Like I, I loved, a... I loved, the, I love the command entourage battalion. Now I'm obsessed yeah. with trying to find the perfect command entourage like trick. Um, yeah, it's just so good having Stuff, one well, little I mean, dude. Do Do Iron Jaws have anything that lets you charge in your opponent's hero phase? Yeah, the sub faction Iron yeah, Sons. Yeah. There you go. So Iron Sons are going to love that. I knew that there was that was there somewhere. Personally, I'm... A, big, a big mega bot, a big mega boss, and then a unit of brutes. Let's go, yeah. Dan. That's Do what we're talking about. Do it in your hero phase, baby. Uh, I'm personally excited for uh, the more tribes. Per I'm I'm painting up and doing up more tribes because for me, I don't have the battle line for it with the new book, the changes to unit sizes and things like that. Um, but I think. More tribes, like more tribes, for me is a great example. It came out, and Iron Guts was very clearly the winner. But I'm excited to see what else comes out of that book, given that uh, more tribes have access to arguably the best Galician champions in the in the game. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think it's gonna be really interesting. Um, it's really nice seeing these little, like these small wound characters as well, become a little bit more prominent, scoring points. Knight Zephros coming out of nowhere and becoming relevant mm. um, is really fun to see. So super enjoying that um yeah okay well again if like if you're watching this back or listening to this back and you do have any more questions again i don't know everything but these are my like first impressions i guess like mm. you know you get first impressions reading the book and first impressions out on the tabletop and then we've still got a new incarnate to come dan um yeah so there's that to come out as well so that that's a lot because uh, that's yeah. either going to be Which, a poo or it's, broken it's going to be it's going to be busted because you're going to see just like with the current incarnate, a massive groundswell of everyone taking it because it's the arms race. Uh, as Fallout Boy told us, it's not a scene. It is a goddamn arms race, and yep. you need the incarnate to be it. And then it'll very quickly tail off after people figure out its weaknesses and how to deal with it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the meta evolve over the next few months. Mm. And I'm I'm here for it. So I'm uh, keen. Yeah, I'm keen too. Hello, Guy in the chat um uh right so uh dan thanks very much for going through that with me i super appreciate it um, Pleasure. and i hope everyone enjoyed uh the mad ramblings of someone who is potentially a bit of a terrorist on the tabletop um uh... <laughs> <laughs> which just to be clear is not me uh, I, I would, like i i just i would just like to point it out there as a foreigner in a foreign country trying to get citizenship i just don't want that word associated with me in any way please no one call in anything like that uh it's obviously the person who wants to take only two models to an event and never deploy the 140 other models in his army that person is a maniacal genius but also a, a bad guy yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hello, guy in the chat. Yeah, like it's not me though. I'm good. Um, uh, I'm I'm fine and safe. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's it's fine. If you end up on the spare player table at an honest wargamer event and you see Rob across the table from you and he's grinning uh, like he just I don't know stole a bunch of puppies, you know exactly what he's about to do. Yeah, every time. Um, right, so uh, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, the show. Dan, thanks very much. 
uh, chat uh, and people of the world, uh, loads and loads of love. And I hope you're safe and well. Um, and if you do like the show, you can like and subscribe and support the show via Patreon and all those other means. It would mean a lot to me if you support me on Patreon. Fucking hell. Um, that would be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, are there any AOS events in March in TS Arena? Yes, there are events. If you check the Honest Wargamer Eventbrite, we have events by tomorrow until the end of the year is what they're <laughs> going to have. Yeah, I'm, I've put them up for all year. Uh, so, well, I will have by tomorrow, not today. Uh, so that's good. there should be one a month at least. I was thinking of doing a saucy doubles, Dan. Saucy doubles. Ooh, doubles. I love a double. I love a doubles event. I personally, teams events are, are my favorite because I think there's nothing, nothing more exciting than when, yes, some people get super deep divey about like strong matchups or whatnot. Me, I just love doing it with the with a team and then being able to celebrate and commiserate as a as a group. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think doubles is so cute, uh, so great. Thanks, Dan, for tuning. Uh, thanks, for, Dan, for being on the show and helping me loads. Uh, thanks, everyone, in the Always chat. Always forever. Everyone, look after yourselves. See you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>